I'm really excited, actually. Bam, we're live. Perfect. Uh, bye, Caleb. <laughs> you're, <laughs> good, you're a good human. Love Bad you. things happen to good people. Look at that beard he's got coming in. <laughs> uh, guys, I am very excited about this show for a bunch of reasons. Uh, it's a show that I've been wanting to do for uh, several, several months now. And um, I'm like uh, nervously, I'm very nervous about the show because I don't want to mess it up because I think it offers a, a <laughs> tremendous amount of value. And the premise for the show, there's a lot of different premises, but originally I, I got tired of hearing people complaining about how expensive CrossFit gyms were are for people to go to and participate and uh, get the cure for the world's most vexing problem in a real uh, you know holistic uh, way meaning a uh, nutrition support from uh, coaches support from your peer group and then uh, obviously the the movement piece and it's i i I, I and everything is free on the internet so i was just like frustrated and that's how a lot of us actually here uh, probably started um, CrossFit. We probably were just going to the internet and taking stuff uh, for free because that was the model that Greg wanted to use, uh, even though many uh, people with business acumen um, told them not to do it. Then that being said, I, had, I, w I worked at CrossFit Inc. I had something called the CrossFit Podcast. I had Chris Cooper on, and Chris Cooper is the gentleman over there, over there, and uh, we, I, I think he, I had him on twice. Uh, I really enjoyed him. I liked him as a human being. And he was a OG affiliate owner who did a lot of good stuff. And um, all, all the things for the gyms, you know, he even had the program there that um, helped uh, autistic children and, and autistic adults. I mean, he, the, the whole gambit, right? From the elite athletes to uh, people that it could actually people overlook nutrition and movement as a uh, huge benefit to those people's lives. So, and uh, then we have two uh, former, uh, we have two other affiliate owners. Do you still own an affiliate, Chris? Yeah, I actually just got that one back CrossFit brain. Okay. And then we have uh, a, a, an affiliate owner, CrossFit Livermore, my partner, uh, Matt Souza. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a second. And then we have uh, Andrew Hiller, who I've uh, built a dear friendship with, um, who is, over there, probably not the best what use of my hand to do that. Uh, it's perfect. Here. I can think of better uses, but that was all right. I, I don't know what <laughs> is going on here. How come I'm there? Over there. He's down there. Um, and An Andrew Hiller is a former affiliate owner, uh, still a personal trainer, and a man who may or may not have even put a bid on a CrossFit gym to repurchase it in the last, let's say, few months. Maybe. Congrats. He didn't get it. Um, I, 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 I used some two brain business info on that. It was pretty good. Well, you did? It didn't work that time. I did. Yeah, there's, there, there's a website on the uh, the value of a CrossFit affiliate, and it's written by Chris. I'm sure and you, you use that when you put about. your bid in. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, and then and then Matt Souza, who um, I built a friendship with, uh, kind of a superficial friendship. Um, uh, just like I'm not. Wait, let me use a different word. I, over the years when I worked at CrossFit, he was, you know, just one of the, uh, the many in the kingdom, but you but had I, to say hi, you had to say hi, <laughs> but, but, but we built a friendship. And then, uh, after I was fired, uh, Matt reached out to me and it's a story. My sister sent me a, uh, text, I don't know, six months ago and said, Hey, ne don't ever stop telling that story. It never gets old. And the story is like this. I had Chris on, uh, twice on the CrossFit podcast. Matt was watching the pot CrossFit podcast. He owned a struggling gym 
He used the free resources, which there are many from Chris Cooper, um, and he was able to get his gym uh, back in the positive cash flow. And to the point where several years later, after I'd been fired, Matt reached out to me and said, hey, I'd like to support you to start up a podcast again. And he had enough resources to actually offer me one of his employees to work uh, on the podcast for me. And uh, that was his way of paying it forward based on the information he had gotten from the CrossFit podcast, which we had shared with the public via Chris Cooper. By the way, both of those podcasts are still available somewhere. I'm sure you could just type in uh, Chris Cooper CrossFit podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it looks like Caleb took one, took a potty break already. You got upset. You told him to leave. He took it literally. <laughs> so, 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 and, and then, and then I want to show you this, um, this, this document here, this is a, a yearly uh, magazine that comes out to all the people who are uh, members of two brain business. And it says up here at the top, to everybody, two, man, everybody. Yeah. We'd it's, send 15,000 of these out for free. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This thing is amazing. If you Thank are you. a gym owner if you, uh, and you don't own this, uh, you want this. Um, it says two brain business. We make gyms profitable and it's a state of the industry. Um, y- you know, it, it almost seems like this stuff should be uh, kept secret. The stuff that's in here. But I guess Chris isn't keeping it secret because um, he gave out 15,000 of them. They're yeah. very nice, by the way. This is like, this Thanks. is. I've like, gone through that. It's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I like you it a lot. Designed that. Uh, this is Warkington. A hundred percent. Yeah. This thing is, uh, even the paper choice was, uh, it's yummy. Yeah. The yeah, visuals is, are great too. There's a downloadable PDF too, right? I think that's where I saw it. Yep. You can get the PDF for free too. And so what we did is um, I have a list of uh, questions for uh, the group, uh, for Chris, but also at some point during this uh, podcast, we're actually going to pull up a spreadsheet and we're going to plug in the numbers so that you can see. Um, so in, in my community, Santa Cruz, California, a family of four that makes less than $120,000 a year is living below the poverty level. And so we'll show you how much money you would need to charge. And, and, and there's um, I, probably six affiliates in my area. Yeah. And so I'd like to show you what you, um, and, and so if there's six CrossFit affiliates, you also have to remember there's probably six knockoff gyms. And I say that, I, obviously I know I'm being kind of mean like that and I know I'm biased. But there's <laughs> six you're gyms, call them out. Call it as there's six gyms that are using the methodology um, that, um, that, that aren't calling themselves CrossFit. And, and if you want to fight with me on that and say, Sevon, it's free. No one has to be cry. I, I'm not going to fight with you. I agree with you. I'm just, I, I know I'm biased. Um, so uh, I'm just going to start with something really broad. And any of these questions, Chris, if they're just too broad, just go ahead and just push back and be like, hey, dude, it's too broad. But, but, um, sure. uh, and by the way, so th- I want to say this is data from 11,000, nearly 11,000 gyms, closer to 11,000 than 10,000 gyms around the world. It's pretty crazy. And, uh, and, and another point is uh, 25% of the respondents have been in business for less than four years, and 75% of the respondents uh, have been in business for less than 10 years. So it's a pretty good uh, swath of um, experience. Okay, and there's the yeah. layout. That's beautiful. Okay, so you can see the vast majority of the gyms are CrossFit gyms, but we got some martial arts gyms, some other personal training, strength and conditioning. Yep. Yeah, I, Coop is the man. And so – 
Another thing that happened, um, no, not you, Hillary. I said Coop's the man. I know. Come oh, okay, okay, I fine. Okay, okay yeah, easy, 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 easy. Shots okay, fired cool. early. Easy. Uh, <laughs> we we started this affiliate series um, on the show where we bring in an affiliate uh, once a week, and I knew it was going to happen, but just like uh, a couple days ago, you have this great guy on, uh, Javier Jaime out of Texas, and I'm not even I'm not even searching, and lo and behold, he's like, by the way, we do Two Brain, and, and that's the largest gym consulting company in the world that I'm referencing, and that's started by Chris Cooper, uh, an affiliate owner. Um, so, uh, Chris, I'm going to hit you up here right here, uh, start off. And I, I'm, some of these questions I've asked because I think that they would make great uh, clickbait videos in the future. And hopefully <laughs> some I've, I've never been clickbait. Would you before. open a CrossFit gym in 2023? Yes or no? <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, I don't Chris even have Krupp that Brown, written down. Let's, open a yes, yes, let's That's go with that. Uh, do you not know yes. what I do for a living? Come on. <laughs> go ahead, uh, Hiller. Ask him that. I'm going to defer. I'm, uh, Your Honor, I'm going to give my first question to Andrew Hill. Andrew Hill again. <laughs> Chris Cooper. Would you open a CrossFit gym in the year 2023 100%. or in the near future? Yeah, there's never been a better time to start. Hey, you, is, how about are you saying? Yeah, thank you. Well, for a few reasons. I mean, the. Um, By the way, Bronx. Don just wiped his brow, sweat off his brow. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that was starting to form. He's like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, Settle Don would be in my top 10 list of reasons to do it now, honestly. Okay. Uh, I, I had never met him um, before he was on your show, Sevi, but in the last five minutes, he said something like CrossFit's job, CrossFit HQ's job is just get everybody doing CrossFit. And I was like, that's it. That's the mission. He's right. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons. Uh, economically, it's not expensive. I started mine on $16,000 back in the day, and you can still do that. And, um, you know, it, it, there is enough of a worldwide brand, like, let's face it for $3,000 a year to be able to leverage a brand like that in almost any way that you want, there's really no parallel to that anywhere else in the world. So, uh, the best business to open is a gym. And, um, I think the best gyms to open right now are CrossFit gyms. Uh, what about the, um, let me also say this. I don't see it in my notes, but I know I read it in your, uh, your state of the union from two brain business. It, the Oh, here it is. Average cost to open a gym though. in 2022 was $58,000 page yeah. 45. So that's a mean average. So you'd be looking at, you'd be comparing like me and Sault Ste. Marie with people in like Seattle, right? You've also got two or three really big, like uh, access based gyms. And those things are 300 grand to a million to open. And so that's going to pull that number up. But the reality is like, you could, you could build yourself some plyo boxes. Uh, you could, Make yourself some wall balls out of the old CrossFit journal with the rice and the expanding foam. <laughs> and you could start in the park for virtually nothing. You know, okay. no reason not to do it that way. What's okay. the cheapest gym that you've seen open? Do you have that off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean it's it's zero dollars really. And, zero? And like, yeah. yeah. That's um it's not as common anymore, but you used to see it. I mean, we used to get these four by four pressure treated posts and put like plumbing pipe in and make our rigs that way. And, um, oh, you know, if I, if I look at, at mine, I think like all I had, so my first gym was a personal training studio, but my second gym was a CrossFit gym. I might've had five grand to spend on equipment and we did it. Like a K-Star gym. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It looked a lot like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to just go to the track, um, with a, we had a, a 330 meter track in Berkeley open to the public. It had pull up bars there, parallel bars. And I would take, I would, in the back of my truck, I would just throw my weights and some D balls. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was 
doing uh, probably 10 people a week on average that I, was, I wasn't even trying to. Just people because I went there so often and worked out myself, they joined. I didn't charge them anything. I never opened a gym, but I probably had 10 regular clients a week. It was pretty crazy. You know, can I give you guys another little piece of please, clickbait? please? It's never been easier to open a CrossFit gym. It's never been harder to keep one open. Oh, okay. And, and explain, please. Yeah. So what happens is like we all we're all passionate practitioners, and a lot of us really just like love the method or whatever. I had opened one gym before I found CrossFit. So you you get off and you're like willing to work crazy hard, sixteen, seventeen hours a day for no money. Like you're willing to take a vow of poverty to make this thing work. Uh, but what you find now is that you're coming into a much more crowded market. Like when I opened my first affiliate, it was 08. I'd been a gym owner for a while before that. Um, I was getting all the early adopters who just wanted to try CrossFit. But now you're competing for the, their eyeballs with Orange Theory, with F45, with all of the, the other like similar ones. And, you know, these guys have more business acumen, right? There's nothing out there that's actually helping affiliates open profitably and accelerate fast enough to stay ahead of the wolves at the door. And and when you say business acumen, I want to be define that basically what you're saying is because of the low barrier of entry with CrossFit, because of this freedom that we love about each person can run their own gym, there's a greater kind of hit or miss. But with Orange Theory and F45, it's like – they're all the same, right? You need these mats. You need this number of machines. You need this much square uh, uh, square feet. And this is what you're going to say to people. Yep. This, here's the script. And so they have this sort of like proven way for you to make um, uh, $28,000 a year uh, in the first year opening your gym. Or, or more, yeah. And the, the thing is like, I think Greg's greatest gift, honestly, was he launched – 30 or 40,000 small businesses, right? Like fitness, it was amazing. But the reality is though, that most CrossFit affiliates, sorry about the phone there. Most no, CrossFit makes you sound professional. Makes That's you what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I, it's not even a real like phone. It's not even a real too, phone. Too corporate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to God, that is a corporate too. cheesy ring, uh, Chris. <laughs> I know. It's my fax machine. You know. <laughs> Just a moment. Just a moment. Yeah. So, um, what it does is it attracts first time entrepreneurs and they are scrappy as hell. They're tough. They have like a very, like a mission to pull them through, but there's always this misconception that like being a great coach is going to make me a great gym owner. And that's what almost killed me. It it wasn't like I expanded too fast or anything like that. It was, I thought being a great trainer would make me a good gym owner and they're completely different jobs. So um, what generally happens is you get all these first-time entrepreneurs opening up CrossFit gyms, and then there's this, this lag where you know passion keeps them going, and then slowly there's this dawning realization that like, hey, you know, I've got to answer the phone, <laughs> and, and I've got to like, learn how to run a business. And that's what we're here today to talk about. Um, what, what is the main reason why people um, open a CrossFit gym? <laughs> the number one reason. They like doing CrossFit. And they so – they want to buy themselves a job doing that. And, and, and doesn't that seem that isn't that just crazy? So people love something so much that they want to turn that in. That's not why people go get a job at Starbucks. You get you don't get a job at Starbucks because you love coffee, right? You get a job at Starbucks yeah. because it pays decently and because it has health insurance and because you it, and it's going to give you regular hours and you need to pay rent and, and support your weed habit. I mean, right? Well, you gotta, you gotta pay for the beanies. Yeah, you beanies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. I see how it is.
<laughs> no beanie today for Susan. Yeah. Okay, and, and and so does doesn't that doesn't that why doesn't that automatically guarantee success? It, what there's that conventional wisdom that's like, hey, do what you love, and uh, and and eventually you'll get su- success. You'll never work a day in your life. I think it's the bullshit. Point. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. yeah. Thank you, Hiller. And there's the that one. You'll never work a day in your life. My high school guidance counselor literally had that on her wall. Um, but. <laughs> You know, the sad reality is there's this very real thing called the technician's curse where you open up your coffee shop because you love coffee and you absolutely like ruin your passion because now you're a starving barista, can't even afford a new beanie. And then, (laughs) you know, you eventually grow to hate it. Like the, the best way to ruin something you love is to like open a business where you're doing it 16 hours a day. Um, and so what happens is like, you just have to kind of fall in love with the business part of it. And that's tough to do. Um, you know, and I, I know that I'm going to be here talking about spreadsheets and stuff, but I, my goal is get people so fired up about these numbers that like, they want to run a mile and crush a beer can on their head and you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. If the re- if the number one reason why people open CrossFit gyms, do we all agree on that? Hiller and Susan, the number one reason people open CrossFit gyms is because they love CrossFit. They love the working out. Yes. How many affiliates are there right now? 15,000? Unknown. Uh, our count says 11.6. Okay. 11.6. Was there ever anything close to 15 or is oh, that yeah. number I'm way off on? No, there were. Yeah. Okay. I would bet that 10,000 of them are probably because they love CrossFit. Yeah. So yeah. is there is there a better reason to open? What would be the litmus test to, to not only open a gym, but to know that you're going to be successful at it? What, what what else should it say on your teacher's wall besides um, you'll never work a day in the life if you pursue your dreams? Uh, it should also be that you are going to create um, create impact by creating a sustainable platform for your family, your staff, and the clients in your town. Ah. Uh. Uh, this this like is the that. problem is like, you know, there's 30, 40,000 affiliates that have started less than half are left. Okay. And so it's, it's really, really easy to start, but it's really, really hard to keep. And that's where that mindset pivot has to happen. Um, are, is there anyone else in the market? What, what's the deal with that on um, like Starbucks? Like I remember, um, I don't know what year it was, but there was a year where Starbucks closed like, 25% of its uh, locations. Are there any other, I don't remember. Do you remember what year it was that like 2011? There was a time when Starbucks, like they, they realized they'd open up too fast. Are there any other businesses, you know, where that's happened? Uh, it just happened with F45. It just happened with soul cycle. The, the problem with the franchise Me- model, meaning they shut down a ton of locations. Yeah. Oh, it happened with curves, right? They shut down like 75% oh, yeah. of the yep. locations, right? Okay. Yeah. That's a throwback there. That's the, um, that's the problem with the, the franchise model is it's so fragile. Anything goes wrong, it goes wrong for all of them. And, you know, we do have other franchise, um, franchisors and coaches call us. And I, you know, I just met with some and they're like, well, you know, we've got 4,000 franchisees in the States, but half of them are losing money. Thank God they signed a 10 year commitment to this or they'd be gone. Where uh, I think if, if a lot of affiliates were making more money, they would still be here in 30 years, creating an impact and, and actually changing things. Um, we can go down that road if you want. This is a conversation that I have luckily had with Don Fall and Austin Maliolo a few times. Um, I, I want to say this. I don't want to drag you into the gutter, but there's some huge <laughs> truths to this. Of the 11,000 boxes, what percentage were opened by guys looking to chase tail? Uh, honestly, I want to tell you, I, I guarantee you it's um, uh, 
fifty percent. And of those fifty percent, oh, dude, I'm a hundred percent. Dude, I'm dude. Listen, no, that's eighty percent. Yeah, Listen. it's 32 percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, do you have the graph here? <laughs> the state of yeah. the Here's the thing. Most that, guys don't even know that. Most guys aren't even willing to say that. I'm telling you, uh, remind me to tell you something when we're off the air. I'll tell you the origin <laughs> story of CrossFit that's never been heard. Why? Actually, there is a CrossFit Inc. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's why men are born. That's why when we're all sitting in the ether and like, you're like a God turns to you and says, do you want to go back to earth? The 99% of the reason guys come to earth is for that reason. Oh, thank you, Kayla, for bringing us out of the gutter. And this is an important uh, stat here. Uh, uh, the clientele breakdown is 50, 50, which is just cool to see. What's the relevancy of this? Uh, well, because most, I mean, I like to see it. Most chains and franchises right now are targeting women because, um, their, their data set would show that like women would spend more. Um, what's really interesting though, is like the fastest growing market doesn't even call themselves fitness anymore. They call themselves the after school industry because they know that you can charge a kid like three or four times what you would charge an adult and the adult will usually pay that. Right. Like uh, your kids are the exception, Savon, your, your, uh, jujitsu instructors wildly undercharged, but like in, Ninja gyms, cheer gyms, etc. They're charging like four times what they would char- we would charge an adult in a CrossFit gym. Oh, okay. And um, wow. And what's interesting about that is I think I saw a stat also that only uh, give me a second here. I think it was like three percent of the revenue. No, that was three percent of the revenue comes from supplements. I, yeah, I'm not sure what pages, but I think it's only five percent of the revenue from CrossFit gyms around the world comes from CrossFit kids. So you're saying that's yeah. a huge missed opportunity for gyms. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know exactly what happens. You think, well, that kid is half the size of an adult. I'm going to charge half as much. Like we're charging people by weight or something. And, um, <laughs> it's Froyo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, we definitely undercharge for that when in reality, like that's probably our place of greatest impact. And, uh, if you have a CrossFit Kids program, that's super important. But so, so the two reasons you should want to open a CrossFit gym are one, you love fitness and you love CrossFit, and then the second reason is because you want to have make an impact on your community with a focus on sustainability for not only your gym but for your family, your lifestyle, and you want to build a, a, a community where people can feel that. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to have a meaningful impact on your community, you have to be around for a couple of generations, right? Like our goal, our mission at Catalyst is to expand the health and lifespan of 7,000 people because that's 10% of our local community. And I think that if we can get 10% eating better and exercising, that's immediately going to impact spouses and kids. So that doubles that number and that trickles out to affect everybody. Yeah, it's this... um totally untapped, uh, I don't know, maybe marketing um, slogan or something, but I totally agree with you. When So when you say you want to affect 7,000 people, it doesn't even necessarily mean you want to get all 7,000 of them into your gym. No, it, we only take 150 at a time. Your gym, that's it? Yeah. 150. Okay. And we'll get into that in a minute because there's this thing that I've been just keep thinking about over and over that, wow, paying money to an affiliate is you should feel great about it you should feel absolutely great because of the ripple effect uh, it has on the entire community. Cause every person who does CrossFit is, is a good influence on someone else's lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're all just mirrors here. Hey, yeah, real- well, it, it also provides ascension value, right? So it's like the people who are working out at 24 hour, whatever um, they have nothing to aspire to unless you place, you know, a, a higher level. 
So forging elite fitness, uh, it, it at least creates the mindset that like, this is easy for me. Now I'm going to go to the next thing. And, and, uh, you know, that's what CrossFit did in our community is there's a lot of knockoff gyms and maybe people start there, but then they come to catalyst later. And not only get fitter, but, um, uh, start more importantly, at least for me, as I get older to, to make sure I'm around people who will inspire me to fiddle with my diet to eat better, to yeah. do things that are just generally better for my body, sleep, sleep more. I mean, that's, that's a huge topic in the community in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Big time. Real quickly, Savon, I want, we kind of touched base, but I just want to make this point here. Cause, uh, especially coming out of the, um, affiliate gathering, one of the things where a lot of people were speaking up was like, Hey, we need more, more or less what they were saying is we need more control over the brand of what's happening in our affiliates. So that way there's consistency because they think that by them going to CrossFit gym, a getting a bad experience is turning more people away. And I just want to take note with this real quick. That is not what you guys want. If you just think about some major franchises that are here that have a consistent product like McDonald's or like a Starbucks, you know that you drive past the one closest to your house to go to the other one because they're better than the one closer to your house. So if you guys think that kind of franchising the model, which essentially is a separation from a licensee to a franchise, is the more control you usher in, that's what switches it over, that, that that's going to be good for the brand in total. And I just want you to be a little bit more thoughtful about what you're asking for there because we don't want more uh, control because all these things that Chris is talking about, about implementing them in with supplements or the kids course, you have the freedom to kind of choose how and, sure. and why you want to do that. Um, and then how long you want to do that for. If it was a franchise model, you would not have those choices. You would have to go down the path of every single other one. So just want to make that point yeah. real quick. You agree with that, Chris? What, what about, the, yeah. what about the gym? I go to a, a CrossFit gym and the first day is just absolutely horrible for me. I don't get the attention. I need. I'm asked to do movements that no one explains to me. People are rude to me. Um, you don't think that there should be a, a protocol where every gym, um, hey, you have to say hi to your clients. This has to be the first workout you do with everyone. You don't think that there should be some protocol in there that protects all the well, gyms? Well, it's a slippery slope. If you control that thing, then what else are you going to control? You know, um, and while there's some argument for that right now, honestly, CrossFit HQ does not have to do that because guys like me will say, you know, here's what you should do and publish that every day. And so um, there's kind of like a mutually beneficial relationship there where they don't need to produce data and numbers and best practices because guys like me are just going to do that. Um, as far as like enforcement, there's no way that's going to happen. You know, uh, Andrew did a great show a couple of weeks ago about trying to enforce the use of the CrossFit term by some products and not others. Like it's just impossible to even enforce use of hashtags, like let alone enforce policy <laughs> in gyms. Right. Yeah. Andrew's tripping right now that you watch one of his videos. He's <laughs> like, saw, saw. Uh, shoot, I just made Chris dumber. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no. Hey, it wasn't my intention. <laughs> Andrew, why did you open your gym? I bought into my gym. And why did you do 2014. that? Um, because I had this ever like never ending goal of trying to work with as many people as I could for as reasonable as a price as I figured it would be. I, I had an issue working in studio gyms and as a personal trainer charging a hundred to $150 an hour while I was making 20 to 30 bucks. And I would only see the benefit of them coming in no less than three days a week. And then they'd be $450, $500 a week, $2,000 a month. And I'm like, well, it'd be even better if you could come in four or five days, but then you're paying $800. And then when I saw CrossFit for the first time, it was, 
150, 200 bucks a month. The more you come, the cheaper it is. And it was just beautiful. I'm like, all right, keep coming in. And then you could also work with 150 people all at once. Like Chris just said, it was like the golden ticket. So let me see if I understand. So you were already a trainer, but you liked the business model of CrossFit more in terms of how many people you could affect and at what cost? Correct. And at the time it was just, if I wanted to make a living and if I wanted to have people come in more, 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 but I never had this sense of good in me to be charging the price point. And it never also made sense for me and the person at the time. And then CrossFit, it kind of made sense from all angles. Just the model. Yes. The model. I, um, uh, J- Jacob, uh, I, uh, oops, my mouse isn't working. Um, I went to Popeye's chicken once and got the worst service you can imagine. I went to different Popeye's and got great service. This is the nature of people, not franchises. I go Bingo. to the places with, the, uh, honestly, I go to the places with the best looking people. We all have our preferences. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go to whatever. If, if there's, if there are attractive people or young, happy people, I mean, I have no interest in going ever really to Chick-fil-A, but every time I've been there, because the people are so nice, I kind of like, I'm enamored by it. Do you know that place? Do you guys have that place up there, uh, Chris? Uh, no, we don't have Chick-fil-A. We have Popeye's, though, so I do know what that person is talking about. Spicy chicken sandwich. I, Chick-fil-A is like this hardcore, like, uh, I think they're like a hardcore Christian uh, company, right, too? Like, they yeah, have they, John 16 on the bottom of their cup. Even in and out like You walk in, and pe- the, the fry guy's like, hey, how you doing? You're like, whoa, this is weird. The thing with Chick-fil-A <laughs> is they actually choose their values over money. And you could note they do that because they're closed every Sunday. And if you were to take all those franchises and say, how much dollar amount are we missing out just by being open on Sundays? It's a ton. So they're purposely refusing that profit in exchange for their value. So that's why a lot of okay. people shift to it. More so than just the John 316 at the bottom of the cup, they're actually living their values, which is something that is uh, attractive as that company. There's mm-hmm. also something like 60,000 applicants each year for that franchise model and less than 1% get to uh, become a franchise yeah i i had heard that very difficult yeah it's a cool place very it's a trippy difficult. place the kids there are always uh it's pretty amazing do you would you, what did you have any um talked about values in your program chris does that word uh is that yeah. a word you guys use yeah because so I, we, i've been noticing like rich froning's thing in the early days he started crossfit and i would i told him hey dude you shouldn't be wearing your christian values on your sleeve good thing he didn't listen to me and it's been uh it's been awesome for him yeah, there's a. We tell people uh, how to get really clear about their values because sometimes it's really even hard to define and then actually publish them. And so, what that does is it, it clears the path for them to make other decisions too. So, like if your one of your values is inclusion, then you're going to make decisions in advance about like who is welcome in your gym and who is not, you know. And, and then you can write like a staff playbook or a handbook to guide everything without going totally corporate and being a franchise. And that, that's the beauty of an affiliate or a licensee model is you don't have to follow the franchisor's values. You can have your own as long as you define them. Would a value be like, don't date your clients or is yeah. that a, is that a policy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that was a policy actually that we had. And then, um, one trainer who had been with me since 2005, Mike, he's like, yo, I started dating this client. And I'm like, well, that's, you can't either you have to marry her or like, she can't be our client anymore. And he's like, fine, I'll marry her. And he did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. His point was, uh, wow. he's like, wow. he's like I'm, I'm here 14 story. hours a day. Like when else am I going to meet anybody? So. It's, a, it's a great point. <laughs> um, are they still married? 
They are. Yeah. Eden is uh, the compassionate right brain of two brain business, his wife. So. Wow. Okay. Um, Chris, what's the number one uh, reason that gyms fail? Hmm. Good question. Number one is probably underpricing themselves. Really? I mean, money doesn't fix every problem, but it sure fixes the money problems. And a lot of the reasons that these gyms close is not lack of passion. It's money problems. They just can't figure it out. And so unfortunately, you've got this graveyard of like 10 to 15,000 former affiliates selling real estate now, when imagine the impact they could have had 10 years down the track if they'd stayed open. And that's really, it comes down to underpricing. The reality is like, you don't have to sell personal training. You don't have to sell supplements or anything else. If your prices are in line with what you need to make a great living, this is what almost killed me. I think Andrew was saying, this is what almost killed him too. Meaning um, if you're charging $10 for a membership, you should be charging 12. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we were talking earlier, you said there's this thing that CrossFit affiliates are overcharging. They're undercharging dramatically. And like, we can show that Uh, we give people tools to show them like how you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year not revenue, but like income on 150 clients. Um, we also show what the average people are charging and it's like, not that. Yeah. Uh, once again, going back really? to this state of the union, uh, this two brain state of the union, by the way, how do people get this? Uh, best way is just go to gymownersunited.com. That's a free public group. There's 7,000 gym owners in there and we just give stuff away every single day for free in there. Like here's another present, you know, and that's, you know, go in there, ask for the guide. And we'll just give it to you. Um, uh, one of the stats in there is 72% of CrossFit gyms are profitable. Page 41. Yeah. So that may or may not include them paying themselves though. And so this is, this is, another Oh, that's place. scary. That's yeah. scary. This is, but again, like, you know, Greg defined fitness, right? He did not define what success in business means. And so the problem is that some gyms will self-report as like, we are successful because we've been open for a decade, but they're not making any money. They're living off their like wife's teacher salary or whatever. Are they actually successful? And so um, when we were putting this together, I wanted to know, like, what do you mean by successful? Because I really think, you know, CrossFit HQ could potentially build the most financially rewarding um, careers in fitness too. If okay. I just want to be clear about what you're saying. We could meaning it, it's all set up for people to be that successful. You're not suggesting cross the HQ, do something different. You're just saying that people need to get the right tools. Once they get their L one, they yep. need to get the right business tools and, and then, and then, and then they can have that success. You just mentioned. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now that's the weak link in the, CrossFit trifecta is like the method is great. The okay. training is best in the world. Okay. The licensee model is, we don't know what it is. So like, there's no reason if you look at like, you know, what do personal trainers make on average? It's 26,000 a year. What do gym owners make on average? It's like less than 38,000 a year. But if, if they had the tools to do it successfully, they could make over a hundred thousand dollars per year or more. And they would be in business. They would employ more people who would take more L1s. They'd impact more lives, et cetera. And they would attract the people who are like attracted to opening the F45, people who understand business too. Uh, the, uh, in, in just to let you know, one of the stats in here is the average gym revenue a month, CrossFit yeah. gym revenue a month. 
is $15,900. The people who participate in the two uh, brain uh, business uh, program, their average uh, monthly revenue is $21,300. And I just say that to, so that, you know, Chris knows what he's talking about. Like, so he sees they have, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, your success keeps just breeding more success because the more people that join you, the more data points you get of what works and what doesn't work. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, we have kind of like generations of clients. So let's say that, you know, Alex is like client number one for me. My job is to make his gym better than mine was. And then out of 10 Alex's, we hire one more mentor. And then the third generation does better than Alex's gym did. You know, and so we're on generation eight right now. And, um, you know, we produced 23 millionaires last year. That's insane. And like these, right. And like, they're all way ahead of my gym. Now my gym has to catch up to the two brain average, but that's wait a second. Wait a second here. This is a crazy stat. Uh, you're telling, you're telling me, uh, not revenue. You're telling me that there's 23 gyms of that, uh, nearly, uh, uh, nearly 11,000 gyms that are in your program where the people uh, pay taxes on a million dollars. Yeah. They have a net worth personal over a income tax. Yeah. So it, that's not income, right? That's net worth. So it might be oh, like, okay. They've reinvested okay. that into owning buildings, but if they sold everything, paid off all their debt, they'd have more than a million dollars cash in their hand. Wow. And what's the fastest someone's done that? I think three years, two months. Uh, Holy smokes. Yeah, probably <laughs> Taryn Debril of uh, CrossFit Function. Are you allowed to say that? Do we have to bleep that out? Uh, she doesn't care. She almost made the game. She's good for anything. <laughs> uh, Susa, CrossFit Function, Karen, uh, let's uh, circle back. Taryn. Taryn, uh, yeah. Taryn, Taryn, Karen. I'm not good with names. Should I'll check her. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure she's okay with that. <laughs> I should have asked. Too late. She's- Too late, Taryn. You're screwed. Yeah, your family members just already asking for you to pay their uh, medical. Can bills. we pull up her Instagram? And and one <laughs> oh, thing you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing too, going back to the discussion earlier about like why why people normally join gyms. And for those of you guys that are listening to this, that might be thinking about it. When I sit down with my coaches, the one thing that we have the discussion with is what do you want to do in life? You can may wave a magic wand where there was no obstacles, those obstacles lifted. What would your path look like for you? And a lot of times, the default answer is I want to own a gym. Then you do the follow-up. Why? And they normally don't have a good answer for that. They just think that that's the next level of ascension. And truly, you need to really be very clear on the why you're going to open your gym and make sure that that's part of the vision that you're casting for yourself. Because if it's just because you think it's ascending to that or you want to tell people you own a gym, you will end up being the 50% that don't make it through past that first year. Because it takes a little bit more than just thinking you're going to the next level in life. Uh, Andrew and Matt, do you guys agree? Do you guys agree with what Chris says when I ask him what's the number one reason uh, people open gyms or, or, or should open gyms? And uh, the, the kind of the 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 two, the A and the B, are uh, the uh, the love of fitness, but also to be wanting to make an impact on other people's lives and to run a sustainable business for you and your family. Do I fit, or do I think most people fit? Because do you like that? Do you like that answer? Both. Do you like that answer that Cooper gave? Like that, yes. you have to have both of those. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. If you're not, I mean, it's such a forward facing business. You're interacting with like what a lot of people call their end user or the customer of your business every single day. And so yeah. you have to really have a love and a, and a passion for doing that and making an impact in the community. Otherwise, it's not going to be the right industry for you. 
I've got one more. And I think Chris said that people fail often because all they wanted to do, or maybe it was Susan who just said it. Why do you want to open a gym? Because they love fitness. It's just like the next level up. I think that many people are poor at sales slash don't like to push sales slash I've even fit into this before where I was a car salesman at one point in my life before I did any of the fitness stuff. And I had such a hard time as a car salesman to the point where I left because I felt like such a piece of crap. Then I went into CrossFit and it's like, oh, this is great. All I got to do is push this, which is what I believe in. And I think that it is important and there is a balancing act between like, I shouldn't have been so I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. But you should want to because you do believe in it. I think you do have to have that belief as a salesman because if I were a car salesman and I thought that I was doing good, I think I would have been the best car salesman in the world. But I do think that there is this point where a lot of affiliate owners don't want to sell the same way that I didn't want to because they don't want to have that conception on them. But I think it is important to have both, yes. Chris actually has a great uh, thing with this and it's actually coming with help first. So it's not about selling them something. They're coming in with a problem and you are solving that problem for them by offering the help, which is your services. And by reframing that and then what you're backing to what you're saying, Hiller, is you truly believe in the methodology and what you're selling. You use the product and service yourself and you know that it's bringing value to your life. It's easy to help find those people with solutions with the service that you offer. Yep. Hey, that's the value thing. That's pretty amazing what Andrew just said. His values, he wasn't comfortable selling a red Camaro to an 18-year-old kid in the back of his mind knowing, hey, kid, this is going to cost you $3,000 to fix next year when the brakes and the transmission go out. He didn't like that. But he loved selling CrossFit. Story. Say that again? I have a crazy last day story about why I quit, but that's for some other time. Yeah, save that's that. very similar to the We'll Camaro monetize thing. that later. We'll monetize right, that right, later. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, uh, but but I just like it because that's the value piece, right, Chris? Now Hiller has no problem telling people like, hey, I can save your life and, and we believe what we're selling. That's right. Yeah. That's why I was the worst treadmill salesperson in Ontario. <laughs> I think I've heard you say this before. Where was that? That you you said this probably a couple of times, right? Sault Ste. Marie, yeah. We we had this treadmill <laughs> shop and you know, I'd work there and not sell any treadmills. And then at six o'clock I'd bar the door and go into the back parking lot and there'd be an athlete waiting with a barbell and a sled and we'd start training, you know, (laughs) it's in hindsight, it's obvious, but yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Go. You you were like, Hey, don't buy this. Just go run outside. It'll make you tougher. (laughs) Uh, This was like 2001. So uh, I didn't know anything about CrossFit at the time, but like we were doing power cleans on broken asphalt and, you know, I had a homemade sled that I had made by like using a torch on a shopping cart that I found in a snowbank. And, um, you know, we were getting people super fit, but not on the stuff we were selling in the store. Were you ever good at CrossFit, Chris? Did you get pretty good? Did you have a sub five minute Fran? Uh, sub five. Yeah. Yeah. If that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I can say that I went to sectionals and regionals, but back then you could just walk on the floor and do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But that's still pretty hardcore. Okay. So you loved it. You loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and is your, do you have pretty uh, strict training regimen still to this day? Yeah, but I'm a cyclist now and that's where I was originally cycling. I got tired of being a skinny weakling and said, what's the opposite of this? Started powerlifting, met guys like Dave Tate, Louie, and then uh, found CrossFit, and I'm like, oh, I don't have to be injured all the time anymore. Did CrossFit for a decade, and then uh, picked up the bike again. So most of my training is cycling now. But uh, I did, yeah, I'm back in the on ramp program at my gym after a little hiatus for the summer and fall. So you, you touch dumbbells every week? Um, no, 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 really, uh, barbell. 
Yeah, barbell. Yeah. Okay, so at least once a week you do you, because I know these CrossFitters who say they went back to coaching, but I mean went back to biking. But once you're a CrossFitter, you're always a CrossFitter. You always end up still just having to pick up some heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely you. It's the one thing that attracts cyclists uh, or attracts nerds to cycling is like you have so much data, and you can clearly see like if you stop lifting weights, your power output goes down. Like there's a graph, mm. you know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jay Hartle, uh, what's Chris's thoughts on CrossFit gyms not having full-time coach other than the owner? That's okay. I mean, you know what Greg and Dale Saran told me years ago, uh, we were talking about like, should you have a partner when you open a CrossFit gym is they were trying to create owner operator businesses for people. And so in that model, like, you know, the, the owner is the primary coach, but I mean, I don't honestly think that that's feasible forever. Eventually you just get tired and you need a vacation. So you need to bring in some help at least. And and there are some uh, good numbers regarding that. Once again, in the sure. state of the industry uh, piece, there was something in there. Uh, there's a, I don't, I don't remember exactly the context of it, but there's talk about a 4,000 square foot gym. Yeah. They can make the owner a hundred thousand dollars a year yep. with 150 to 160 members and employ some part-time staff. Now, when you say make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're talking about like, that's the money you get to uh, take pay taxes on that. You take that home. Yeah. You give a portion to the government and the rest you keep. Yeah. And I mean, you, you minimize the taxes you pay, which is why we don't call it profit. We might call it net owner benefit. Like my, my gym owns my truck and whatever, but yeah. Wow. That's, and can anyone do that anywhere in the United States of America? Can anyone yeah. in the United States open a gym? And, yeah. um, you, you know, when I mean anywhere, I mean like within a hut, like I put a pin mark somewhere and tell you, okay, Chris, you tell me within a hundred miles. Yeah. Where Man, to open a gym where you think that I could actually um, <clears throat> express my passion for fitness, community, health, sustainability, raise my kids there and have a gym for 15 years. And within five years, I'm making a hundred K a year. Yes. I think you made a super important distinction there though, because people will pick the right town, but the wrong neighborhood a lot, mm. you know, so they'll go into Seattle and they'll be like, Oh, shit. don't go to Seattle. Don't okay. go to Seattle. They'll go to, they'll go <laughs> don't to go to Can- I know you're Portland. in Canada. Either. Don't, go, don't, to don't Canada. go there either. Let's, let's, let's do Canada. Chicago. How about Chicago? No, not Chicago. Oh, Chicago. <laughs> not Chicago. <laughs> they go to Miami. Okay. Right? You can pick Seattle, Chris. It's, it's your, my Whatever. guest. Yeah. You pick, pick Seattle, please. Pick any Seattle. place. Right. Yeah. And what'll happen is they'll, they'll look at this city and be like, wow, there's no CrossFit within three square miles of this. I need to put a CrossFit in there when instead they should think, wait, why isn't there a CrossFit there? And, um, sometimes like they're just being really altruistic. Like, wow, there's a, a low income community here that really needs a box. They open the box up and now, you know, they, they they're martyring themselves because they can't attract anybody. So my, my philosophy over the years has evolved to be like, your business should be profitable for the owner. And then you just donate as much as you want, you know, of that money instead of trying to sell something for a very low value and struggling your whole life to, to survive. Uh, but, but that is that, that model that I mentioned, 4,000 square foot, hundred K yep. 150 to 160 yep. members. Yep. Um, and then I want to ask you this question and then I want to pull up the spreadsheet and we'll look at that. What, it, what that, what that looks like for a gym owner. Um, what's the number one reason gyms succeed or what are the reasons gyms succeed that you like? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like this is 
more important than that, but it's really, you really have to have all of these. And so the first is like passion. Like you have to be devoted to service. The second is you have to be skeptical. So you, I think you have to like have, um, the, the ability to question what you're being told enough that you look for proof. That's all not cynical, but skeptical. And the third is like, you need to have at least some kind of business knowledge. You know, most the majority of gyms that are in two brain, these guys don't want to look at spreadsheets either, but they understand like, that's what they have to do that enables them to pursue their passion as a career. And then, you know, the fourth thing is basically like you, you got to have, um, the resilience to understand that there are always going to be ups and downs. It's not a straight line, even with a, like a mentor. Uh, meaning um, your government leaders could shut down your, your ability to open your gym <laughs> for two I mean, years. Yeah. I, I yeah. wish I would say I was joking, but that that's a reality. An yeah. unfortunate one. I asked Warkinson how many Trudeau jokes we should tell on the show today. He, <laughs> As many as you want. None. I don't want. Okay. To. Okay. <laughs> good. All right. Fine. Fine. I know. I told it's myself. It's I, too, too triggering for me. The whole thing. I and, good. Okay. Good. Because I gave myself a pep talk. I said, "Hey, do not, Chris." I, I, I heard my mom's voice say this. Chris is a gentleman of the highest level. He's a good dude. Do not drag him into any of your um, dumb shit, Sevon. So I, 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 I was on her podcast last week. My mom's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And one thing I want to note about the ups and the downs that um, Chris was talking about, a little thing that actually I, I do believe I got for you, but correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, was that it was a line that when October comes and it's a down month, you don't stress because you're a pro. And you know that the down months come and the up months are going to come. And year after year as it goes by and you have that experience, you know when the lows are coming and when the highs are coming and being able to uh, maneuver through that with your head on straight is really important because when it starts to go down, it feels like the whole entire end of the, the end of the world's happening. All of these members just left. There's no one new coming through the door. You know what's happening here. And, um, and that's the resilience that Chris is talking about. Not, not the black swan event where the government shuts down your gym for two years. Although that is, but even, even then we were fine, honestly. So, and when you say we, who are you referencing? My gym and most two brain gyms. I mean, I can get into stats on this, but like, you know, we were very fortunate to have been collecting data for a few years. And so we work with clients around the world and the first place to shut down was China. And um, when that we saw that happening in China, we said, well, that's weird. Can we try these things? And then the next place to shut down was Italy. And we looked at our gyms there and said, okay, well, this worked in China. Can you try that? And then as it swept westward, you know, we had uh, a lot of different attempts to like keep gyms profitable while they were closed. By the time it hit Eastern US, um, we already had a working plan. Like we had published a guide, do this step by step. So and you and you knew what I guess when China closed, you knew that Xi Jinping and Klaus Schwab would tell Trudeau that he has to close your gym. So you knew it was coming. Well, it didn't it didn't really happen with SARS. So we didn't think it was going to I mean, nobody would have predicted the magnitude of the effect on the industry, but like we were able to at least have a plan that was working well. And like, um, you know. I don't think two brain lost a single gym in that time where massive franchises wow. closed. Yeah. Like uh, we were closed for two years. That already. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. It's thanks. Incredible. Yeah. It just shows your problem solving skills too, by the way, guys, it's not like they have some magic information. They're just looking at the problem, collecting the data and then solving their way through that problem. Yeah. How, how about the fact also that you belong to a strong community of other people 
who are like-minded even within 100%. the niche right so within this niche of crossfit we know we're a pretty sh- strong-minded uh you know group that thinks alike but then even within that if you have this two brain group it's even more dialed in yeah and and honestly there was so much support given um you know it it really helps to be around people who think the way that you do and they're empathetic to your problem and they're willing to chip in and support. I mean, I can't tell you there, there was probably a dozen different gyms who said, let me pay double this month and you cover somebody who can't afford it. Uh, Javier Jaime, uh, run a profitable gym. Uh, you're welcome. Couldn't have achieved our first year results without. Thanks. Javier. Two, two brain. Thanks. Yeah, have you, hey, have you ever met that guy? No, but I'm definitely going to send him tickets to our summit so that I can shake his hand in person. I'm so proud yeah, of him. Awesome. The impact. What a good dude. Yeah. 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 His parents are, if his kids are uh, listening, you were lucky kids to have him uh, as your dad. Okay. So go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. No, his whole town is lucky because here's a guy who cares enough to invest in making his gym sustainable, right? Like there's generations of health that's going to be created from that. Uh. I, 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 maybe I think different than um, other people, but I, I do think that if I went to an affiliate, I think that my affiliate owner should be making a very good living, meaning they should be able to uh, save money, put a down payment on a house, uh, raise two kids. I don't think it's a, I, I want my affiliate owner to thrive. Yeah, uh, but in, in, anywhere that I see that is, is like community, I want them to thrive. So if we could bring up, I think we should bring up the spreadsheet okay. and just kind of just let people see, like, hey, this is what it costs to make. This is what it costs to run a gym. I know it's very difficult in California to run a small business because everyone's trying to get into your pocket from the government. It is nuts. Oh my goodness. Uh, and 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 for people who don't know, I'll give you an example. Like once you go over this certain threshold of a certain number of employees, I, I don't know if it's from uh, 12 to 13, all of these other set of rules come on to you that are almost insurmountable to go from 12 to 13 employees. You basically have to jump from 12 to like 30 in order yeah. to make the difference up. I wish I could give you direct examples. I, I don't remember them now, but I remember as CrossFit was growing in the early days, I couldn't believe some of the stuff California was making <laughs> uh crossfitting do it was absolutely i don't i don't know how any business gets big it's almost like that there is a a mob that's trying to make sure that no business grows beyond a certain size unless you're gouging the gouging people right um but 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 do we all do we all agree that it, it's it, uh it, a baseline should be a hundred thousand dollars for a gym owner to take home like so that they can uh have a, a toyota sienna a three-bedroom house. Um, you, you know what I mean? Uh, money. Three-bedroom house. We're going to do a little more than that out in California, baby. Uh, cat cat food for their cat. You know what I mean? Uh, tithings to their Mormon church. Whatever. Like, Yeah, we, we picked that number because if you look at like the happiness index worldwide, the number is really about 75000 But we want you to have a little bit of money to left over to reinvest because there's no pension plan that comes with gym ownership. You need to build your own wealth. So, uh, yeah, a, a hundred, what, what does this mean? Dick butter, uh, depends on where you live. A hundred K is jogging some places. What does that? Yeah, mean? of course that's a mean average, right? So like, um, Vancouver, a hundred K a year means that you're sharing an apartment with two other people. Sault Ste. Marie, a hundred K a year means you've probably got a lake house. So that's a mean average, but that, 
you know, you make a great point that like you have to base your prices around where you live so that you can make a sustainable income because you live there. Right. Yeah. So in my town, a, uh, a trailer at the trailer park was $600,000. I'm not joking. That, that's, that's badass. It's probably that's, a cool trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it, I've seen it some leaks, cool ones, it leaks when it rains. How's that? Well, it's not as cool. Okay. So, um, I, I just want people to see this, uh, it, you know, hopefully this will help some affiliate owners, but I'm, I'm more interested in helping just the people who participate and go to gyms that like, Hey, you want, this is, don't be critical. Don't try to nickel and dime, uh, your gym owner. Like yeah. don't try to, don't, don't try to take advantage of them. Um, you do not want a poor gym owner because it means that your gym, your community, your coach, they're, they're gone in three years, right? Like you don't want, you don't want a broke financial planner. You don't want a sleepy airline pilot, right? right? Like you don't want a skinny chef. You want somebody that can actually live the life um, required to provide you with the life that you want to live. Right. Right. And and, and that's going to be your community, especially those of us who have kids. Like you yeah, want a gym you can go to for 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure anyone who's ever lost a gym, um, they were going to a gym for five years and then the gym closes. You don't expect the pain that's going to cause you until it happens. Your whole life changes. The people you hang out with, the people, the guys you did bike rides with every Saturday, everything changes. And usually for the worse, I hate to say it. Um, I, I moved from Berkeley to Santa Cruz and I lost two friends. I didn't lose them, but I used to go bike riding with them every Saturday on these long bike rides in the, in the hills. When I moved, I haven't been on a bike in six years an outside bike because my, those, those people left that's irreplaceable. Right. And, um, those things will just happen. So you don't want your gym close. Okay. So can we pull that up yeah. the spreadsheet and then just start looking at, um, it, so are, are, are these all the big gears, rent utilities, uh, licensing meetings, being able to use the CrossFit name, marketing meetings, flyers on windshields, uh, labor is, uh, I, I guess the, the people who come in, the coaching, but also the people who come in and clean your gym at night. Yeah. Uh, supplies would be uh, toilet paper and pens and pencils. Equipment would be weights. Pens and pencils. <laughs> uh, subscriptions would be uh, like uh, software you use to run your business. Yep. Yep. Uh, what about that, like that sugar water, water fire, the one that like your, your members can like fist bump yeah, each other on. That's in there too. Okay. Yeah. The the one that's not there is insurance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt. I, I forgot to bring that. No, it's toss it in. No, no, no. That's why I have those line items there. So we could kind of continue to add to it as it goes. I don't, I don't, what do you mean insurance? You guys use insurance? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and what is insurance? What is insurance? Um, is what are uh, the most obvious, right? Is your dog bites someone, but what are some other, what about like a flood or a fire or, or you get sick and you, and you can, and you can't come to work for a month? You probably won't get that type of insurance for a CrossFit gym. That's, um, business interruption insurance. And because of, unfortunately, the history of gym turnover, um, nobody wants to insure that, but you could get personal liability, which you need. Which is like I I don't I won't hurt you. Oh, okay. So if someone uh, sues claims that um, you told them to pick up a kettlebell that was too too heavy, and and they sue you uh, and they sue you yeah. for um uh and they try to take your house. Yeah, uh, or you know they they fall off a plyo box and break their wrist. Um, there are a couple of other things there too. Like I would put merchant fees in there, Matt, because. Your mm-hmm. payment processor is going to take 3% off the top of every dollar that comes in. 
Oh, that's like if someone uses a Visa or MasterCard. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Even if they use debit, they're going to take a few cents. But yeah, most people would would charge 3%. Uh, Chris, uh, how would you make Sevon's podcast profitable? That is a great question. <laughs> well, well, it's funny you said that because oh, I, yes. I just published a new book called The Simple Six, which uh, would help like any business, basically. Okay, I'm on All it. Right. Does inside there does it recommend staying away from controversial topics so YouTube doesn't crush you? <laughs> have you have you have you seen our last six videos we posted have been demonetized? Have you seen that? You're oh, I just didn't know that. Son yeah. of a bitch. Oh. Demonetized. Okay. <laughs> they have the, all they have all these rules, kidding. Chris, that we don't really know the rules. Our it's it's it's, it's, it's um. It's like a, you're not allowed to say a swear word within the first 30 seconds or you can't have like the word abortion in the title. Or There's all these like nuances that like the real yeah, YouTube silly rules. And um, <laughs> they have abortion in the title. <laughs> uh, so uh, Will Brand said a great question. So that's why all these gyms that get burned down or flooded or tornadoed. Um, that's why yeah. we see the GoFundMe for them. So, Will, there's two reasons. The first is that the gym is not profitable. If my gym got flooded, I would just – you know, I did, I had to replace the roof on my gym for 110,000 last year. Like I wow. just did it. If you're profitable again, like money doesn't solve every problem, but it sure solves the money problems. If I see a gym doing a GoFundMe because they flooded, I know that they were probably on shaky ground to start off with, but you're right. Like no insurance company will give you business interruption insurance for a gym. Uh, look at this, uh, Chris. Brittany or I pay a couple thousand, yeah. sometimes 3K in merchant fees per month. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Damn. Yep. Doing well. Wait a sec. Well, wow. Right. So that's a racket. So credit cards are a straight racket. Well, I don't know. They're, they also enable, like I pay 3% to Stripe every month because we have mostly an online business, but the, and I hate it. I, I that number is big, but like, um, the, the thing is they're also enabling you to collect money, right? Like mm-hmm. there was a day before credit cards when I took cash and checks, maybe Andrew, you too, but maybe not. This was a long time ago. And every month you would be like, Savon, can I have some money? Alex, can I have some money? You know, and oh, what a pain like, in the dick. Yeah. It's, it's actually, I'd rather give somebody 3% to do that for me. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's not awesome, but it's necessary. So they do provide some service besides just taking money. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, like I don't, I don't have to worry about Andrew's check bouncing. They worry about Andrew not making his visa payment. It's not my yep. problem because yeah. they, because they're invested in it because they want the three percent. Yeah, yeah. The the reality is, like in the states, it's legal for you to charge a three percent surcharge to cover your visa credit card bill payment if somebody uses Visa, and it's that's just legally become um, okay in Canada too. But uh, honestly, just like. Everybody's undercharging in the first place. That's the problem. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graciano Rubio, uh, a former guest oh, on the no. show. Uh, this oh, comment is my you. recommendation for gym owners to become a client of Two Brain. Not only will your gym make more money, but it will put 20 pounds on your deadlift. Wow. <laughs> I know, Graciano, wow. that's crazy. I didn't even know that. And you'll press 315 straight. <laughs> what, what page is that? What page is that in the uh, yeah, guaranteed? Yeah. And Sevon, just to simplify that merchant fee even more, here's yeah. the big difference uh, to what Chris was saying. When I'm asleep and the clock hits midnight, all my uh, members get charged, right. right? All that money comes in and it transfers into my account, as opposed to if I didn't have that, I'm going to spend <laughs> potentially the next two weeks 
hunting down all those uh, members to try to get them to pay me. Question is, is that worth one to 3,000 like the comment said to you? A hundred percent it is because half of those people may not even show back up that month to pay you. And then might come in and show up the next month to pay you. And then now are you going to go and say, hey, you know, Savon, I know you weren't really here that much in January. You just paid me midway through February. You still owe me January's payment. And they're like, I'm not paying. And then it's causing all this friction between you and your community and clientele as well. So it is it is worth it. And uh, Brittany Orr made another comment in there and she said a lot of companies are passing that three percent onto the customer which is very common you could see that too that's where i wanted to go to let me ask you this chris there's this uh um cafe in town that i go to with my mom and my kids the the old california avocado toast and a smoothie we get there hang out on the patio and they have the thing (laughs) they shut it hiller they have the thing pasted on the (laughs) counter um uh they have the thing pasted on the counter taped on the counter it says pay cash and um and save three percent and, and so and so they have it built into their menu to charge the extra money, but they'll give you three percent discount. What about doing that? I know this is falling yeah, into the weeds a bit. What about doing that with your clients? The dick as well. Kind yeah, of pain, dick, Chris. Di- your yeah, dick yeah. gets in a lot of bad situations. Yeah, uh, Susie. I think Chris will probably talk about it, but it's like then then you got to remember who's paying cash, and you have to collect it again. It's like oh, some people are getting charged, and yeah, they're saving, but then they're also not really also paying on time all the time sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of it. It's all about allocation of my time. So if I'm spending my time chasing down those people, that is time away from anything else I could be doing to continue to uh, evolve and improve my business. The difference between the avocado toast situation is they're there giving you money for the toast and they can give you cash at that moment. At the affiliate, it's just a monthly service that you got to, all right, let's go get that 3% back. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. So at that point, if you spend 50 hours doing that, collecting those money from people in cash, and your times were $20 an hour, you just lost a thousand bucks when you could have got the time back and just given that thousand bucks to uh, Visa. Okay. So I see it. That that three percent though. I mean, when you have buying power because you've got economies of scale, like you've got a lot of gyms, you can have people negotiate that down for you. That's what we do. Like we have a, a service that works for two brain that negotiates this rate down for gyms and like half a percentage is a big deal. Wow. So, so just, so company a is a credit card, um, you know, swiping yeah. service and they normally take 3% from other people. But if you're in the big, big brain, two brain, big, big brain, two brain, two big brain uh, community, <laughs> you get, I just changed. Thanks the name for of saying company. big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I just changed the name of your company to make the two big Free brain, brain. business. <laughs> Uh, you, well, are there other things like that too, besides the credit card that you, that you guys work on? on yeah. Scale? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think you want to go down this track, but when I saw what the APN was, when it was first rolled out, I was like, we can do that so much better. And we just started looking at, um, the, oh, just for people who don't know what the APN is, it's a group of, uh, it's CrossFit's way of offering discounts to s- simplify it to gym owners. It's one of the benefits you get as an affiliate fee. You can get yeah. a, a case of fit aid for, for 37 99 instead of 42 99. Yeah. So Dale just named one of these people. Uh, Merchant advocate is another we'll pay and merchant advocate. were both at our summit last year. They'll go in and like negotiate with your credit card processor. And even if they can bring it down like, a, you know, 0.3%, like most of them will do that at no cost to you. It, it really doesn't cost you anything to get this set up. And over time, that money just compounds and you, you know, you make a few hundred bucks a month from it. 
And so he gets that. So he gets that from you, or he gets that from the APN? No, from us. Uh, I don't know. Oh. Maybe the APN. Oh, so Dale's now. Dale's a two brain. No, no, no. He's not. But these these are independent companies too. So, like for example, WheelPay. Any gym owner could just go to WheelPay and say, "Hey, negotiate with Visa for me," and they would do that. Oh. Uh, Right, we just have a vendor that we lock pe- or not lock people into. We introduce people to, and if they want to use them, they can through Two Brain. We just make that really, really easy. Um, the the difference is like I don't have to make money on that, right? And um, that's CrossFit does. Used. Yeah, I want to know what's coming soon. There's two empty boxes on the APN. Hey, so that guy? Did, do you know Dale King? Do you know Dale King? No, I met him one time. Um, he makes this soap. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I think that the <laughs> soap might be good. Like it might be so, like a lot of soap these days is coming out as like toxic for your testicles. Okay. And I want Dale to, and he, and so I have this soap and I want him to sponsor the podcast so I can push his non, cause I'm big. My wife is like really cracking down on what soaps we have in the house. So if after the show, you have any uh, suggestions for me on how I can get Dale's company to sponsor the podcast, if I use the, like if I make a short video of me scrubbing my pubes with this or something. Probably the You'll opposite of that. Shut off the world. Right, you the, just get the there you go. Advice. See, that's why. Look at Chris already giving me free advice. The opposite of yeah. uh, using Doc Spartan. If uh, if you don't sponsor the show, here's what's going to happen. Yes. Oh, I like that. Dale, if you don't sponsor the show, I'm going to soak my pubes. With we, we went to like mob real quick. Right, right? <laughs> yeah, gangster. You want security for your car? Might get broken into, huh? 20 bucks. That's right. <laughs> Uh, what was interesting is when I was also talking to Javier, there's so many, so many resources, uh, uh that two brain gives away for free. And, uh, what was funny is, is Javier says that that barely scratches the surface that once you kind of get be- into the club, all sorts of like resources open up. He said the video library is insane for any questions you might have, but like, that's another one right there. So you're part Thanks. of this group that can sort of, um, l- leverage your, your group as a posse to get better, better deals. Yeah. So like, as an example, um, some group, some gyms are interested in doing semi-private training. So like Andrew and I, they started doing some one-on-one and they're like, this is taking up a lot of my time. Let's put some people together. And so we just found an expert out in Long Island. Uh, he owns, um, he is a CrossFit affiliate. We flew him up here. You know, he stayed with me for a day and a half. We shot video, built a course. It cost us a few grand, but we can give that to everybody in two brain as like an instructional on how to do this stuff. That's just like the power of scale. Um, I, I'd be curious. Uh, is it, is it hard for you to stay in your lane? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I constantly start other businesses and then just like sell them off because I, they're just too distracting Two brain. is just way too big and it deserves my full attention, but I'm constantly chasing rabbits. Yeah. I know you that got, you got, do you own any other businesses, um, uh, Chris, like, uh, uh do, do you own a coffee yeah. shop or anything like that? That's you're just no, like I, dumping money into. And it's like, you're like, what am I doing? It's, <laughs> it's like, it's a, you know what I mean? Like, this is exactly the opposite of what I preach. Did like, Robin you, you text you before the kids show? softball team? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Um, so we, I've got the gym obviously. And then, um, I'm constantly starting other companies and selling them off, but, uh, we do own a self storage business because, um, it's just the easiest business on the planet, you know. Susa, you talked about this. I just want to say that I was like, I'm going to order a freaking storage unit business next. <laughs> it's it kind of ridiculous. It's yeah. there, and you just collect the recurring revenue. And- That's one of those places I see on the side of the freeway where people just go and put their shit in, and you, and they give yeah. them a padlock on a sliding door, and like they have oh, a TV show where like they go. Shit. 
<laughs> they have a TV show, right? Where when people die, they go open those or something. And, storage and like, wars, storage wars, yeah. And yeah, you can they, like buy it. Yeah. I hate to say it, this. I really hate to admit this, but I would be so excited to go through some random dude <laughs> shit who died. Oh my god. <laughs> We have our new series for the podcast. Does that make me a yeah. bad person? Savon and Storage Wars. It's funny it to own a weird person. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really just shows you like the, the fitness business is the hardest business on the planet. Um, when we bought this self-storage business, I looked for a group like TubeBrain. You know, who's, who's a mentor in the self-storage business? And I found this Facebook group and I'm like, okay, what's working in advertising for self-storage? And um, three days later, somebody is like, did you put up a sign? And I'm like, no. So we put up a sign and now we're full. Like that's, that's the business. Oh, it is like that. Yeah. Because that's everyone, there's so many pack rats, right? People, I, the thought of, I, sorry, I don't mean to shit on your business, but the thought of having a storage unit outside of my house makes me want to vomit. I don't like the stuff like in, in the, one of the drawers in my kitchen. Like I have loose trouble with sleep on it. I lose sleep at night thinking that why am I keeping like I have eight rolls of tape. And and like seven of them barely have barely enough tape on them, but but for some reason I can't throw them away. It's like, dude, just throw those away. Uh, but as somebody who's been in your garage a couple of times, like yeah. you need some external storage. <laughs> oh, okay. Coming from someone who owns a storage business, so <laughs> yeah, that's thank true. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's pull up the spreadsheet. Yeah, I can't believe how much time has went by. Whole show is supposed to be on the spreadsheet, and still we're going to get ten minutes on it. Okay, so um, let's pick a, a four thousand square foot gym in. Uh, let's let's go back to our favorite city of all time. Let's go to uh, Seattle. Okay, a few blocks from Microsoft. Let's say it's an expensive. Is Microsoft in Seattle? Who's in Seattle? Amazon. Red, Redmond, Washington. Uh, let, Russell let's, Wilson. Let's say uh, let's say a few blocks from. Let's say it's an expensive area by Microsoft. Four thousand square feet. How much for the rent? Um, so I've got an affiliate here from Seattle, right in front of me. Okay. And, oh, you're a good dude. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so their total expenses for the month is sixteen thousand. That's all. In, uh, that's not staff. So their staff expense is twenty seven percent. So their actual rent is going to be around eleven thousand a month. Okay, eleven thousand. I like that. Yeah. And uh, and and so you're going to see a total at the bottom. And then basically what we're going to do is we're going to show you this monthly nut and then we're going to figure out how many members it takes so that you can just keep the doors open, but you have to be sleeping in your car in the parking lot. And then we'll, and we'll, and then we'll kind of talk. talk or the, the price you have to charge. Right. That's right. right. Yes. More importantly right. than yeah. the number of members. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, Thank you. Right. right. Those are the, those are the two dials, right? Yes. I mean, the, okay. Yeah. Uh, utilities. And, and utilities is heat, air conditioning, and electricity. And does that include a, what about internet? Internet, yeah. Okay. So utilities for a place like that, thousand bucks a month. Um, it looks like just just under eight thirty. Now this was uh, December's numbers for them. So um, yeah. How do they do not. that? Internet's two hundred bucks a month, isn't it? Maybe not in How Seattle. I don't know. Right. Okay. All right. Don't come we, to San I mean, on, I just spent two grand hauling snow away, so I don't know where that fits on the expense. <laughs> what, what? So at your gym, so much snow was in your parking lot that you had to pay someone two thousand dollars to clear it out so that yeah. you could park at your gym. Miscellaneous, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah miscellaneous. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like dump trucks come in, they load the snow up, they take it somewhere else to melt. Uh, licensing is uh, 
uh, I think Susan and I talked about this, 250 a month if you want to put yeah. where the CrossFit banner. Yeah. Uh, uh, marketing. What is marketing? Uh, so if they're buying Facebook ads, for example, that's what most of our guys spend money on is like buying digital ads. We don't do a lot of physical stuff. Um, and I think this person probably is just doing that, but really, um, so this guy actually has two gyms, one's a CrossFit affiliate and they mostly do referrals. So they don't pay anything for referrals, but they're just very active about asking for referrals. So their marketing budget is going to be pretty low. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Referrals. Referrals. Sorry, so, uh, I would say like, Hey, savvy, can we go for coffee? How are you doing? Are you making progress? Are you where you want to be? You know, um, uh, like, Hey, I, I know Haley's really, really busy with the boys. Um, do you think that she's like happy with her fitness right now? How can I help with that? How would that improve your home life? And then if you're like, no, nah, Haley's way more fit than I am, which is the truth. Then I would be like, well, what, how about your mom? You know? Okay. So, and, and that's a marketing expense, taking someone out to lunch to do that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. But I mean, most people just do it at their gym and they, you know, they oh, might okay. have a coffee or something. So, I mean, that, okay. That marketing is like the most effective, but it's also zero cost. So now would and banners and coffee signs and signage also fit sure. under that marketing expense? Yeah. And really it's up to the affiliate where they put this stuff. Like um, we integrate with software like QuickBooks. So if their bookkeeper is putting their coffee expense somewhere else, that's fine. It all washes up. Yeah. Your Christmas marketing. party, is that marketing? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe you have to double your insurance because of what happens at your Christmas party too. Right? All right. <laughs> Can I ask this question? And bribe prophylactics. Uh, yes. Rent. You said it's a 4,000 square foot facility. That seems awfully high. Can we have more of an avatar of what this place looks like? like? Is it in the middle of downtown? What's going on here? Yeah. I don't know where it is in Seattle. Um, okay. But yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. 11,000 for 4,000 square feet in Seattle. Uh, I guess wherever they are, it's going right. Hey, uh, so to give you an idea, a, a two-bedroom house uh, with a small garage and a small yard in Santa Cruz is forty-five hundred a month to rent, and it's a shithole. And it's a shithole. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's it, but but what's crazy is this isn't even like the and I'm 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 in a small like community. This isn't even the expensive place. Like if you go seventeen miles north to where Apple and where all the millions of people live, it's um. It's even more expensive. Yeah, and I'll it's tell you crazy. right now, those first two line items rent utilities, I pay more than that. In Livermore. In Livermore, yeah. Okay, and then uh, down yeah. here in Miami, that seems normal for 4,000 or 5,000 square feet. Okay. But thank you, okay. uh, Hiller, for trying to ruin our story. Not trying to ruin it. I'm just speaking <laughs> for the comments. Everyone wanted to know, all right? Yeah, Everyone how many of those like, people are Lord, renting? There was at in... least 10 comments. Careful, Us? out of those 10, one person actually rents and leases a space. <laughs> Let me see this. Uh, uh, Hiller, listen, um, Spieler, uh, listen to Spieler talk about what he paid in Denver. It was ridiculous. And probably, I think Spieler's in Park City. He probably pays a fortune. Yeah. I don't even think he's a CrossFit affiliate anymore, is he? Does anyone know? I know he purchased a space. He did? Okay. I don't think he is. I don't think he's affiliated. More recently. Which was interesting. Uh, another subject. I don't think he's an affiliate, and that interim CEO was a member there for like 10 years, which is a, a whole nother. That should be a whole show. Okay. Hmm. We'll get into that. Uh, Mark, so how much for marketing? I don't have anything there. I have zero. Okay. 
I think we should put something in there. Bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, I, I could hold yeah. on. Give me one second, and I'll look something <laughs> up, and I'll give you guys a number. Coming from the guy who sells uh, storage centers. Hey, I don't think $100 a month. I, I mean, at least 100 bucks a my, month, right? Yeah, my gym spends $5 a day on Facebook ads, so 150 a month. Okay, so that's us. Let's say that's two. Let's. Okay. Well, we dropped that under the advertising that we have down at the bottom, not paid ads. Give me one second. Let me give you a number. And you can okay. keep going. I'll, I'll jump back into that. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, labor uh, and coaching. So, so we actually break that out differently on expenses, but his he paid his labor, his coaches, $19,925 in December. Uh, and, and I want to say something that that's another thing that I found interesting in the uh, two brain business uh, state of the industry book um, that I've talked about several times. The average gym um, spent 33% of gym expenses is on staff. Yeah. And the average coach makes uh, $22 uh, per class of the uh, 11,000 gyms that were uh, respondents in this survey. So I thought that was interesting. That's quite a chunk. That's one third of your expense is a pain for help. Oh, that's, that's low. So most gym, I mean, a lot of gyms would be higher than 40%. Okay. A, a big chain global gym, they would allocate about 20%. But the reality is that like, it's a kind of a big piece of a very small pie. So it's still not enough. Okay. And, and you need help, right? You'll burn out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah Hiller, do you need help? You need help. You need yeah. help. And this is from a guy who can, and I asked Killer that because I know he's extremely passionate and crazy high energy and willing to give every ounce of himself to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he's saying you need help, uh, you need help. Uh, but There's Susan, something about help? coaching until 9 p.m. and waking up at 5 a.m. that kind of kicks you in a, after about 18 months. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely a time limit on being the sole operator. But at 19000 that might be a little high for a monthly. Well, no, that's his whole staff. The, that's everybody included yeah. rolled up into that. Okay. Except for himself. Yeah. Not oh, except for himself. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Fair. Uh, okay. Uh, su- uh, supplies. What? Th- that's toilet paper and chalk. Yeah. I don't have anything for that, but uh, you can assume probably about 300 bucks a month usually. Really? That's it for toilet paper? That's how much uh, my, my three boys use. Uh, toilet Recurring. Paper and- yeah. Oh, good <laughs> and, and detergent for washing like towels and yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we do have a uh, gold bidet. Maybe that's, yeah, okay. Teach them how Get to use that thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, equipment, um, those, that's all the stuff, that's your rogue habit? Yeah, yeah. So we usually tell people to budget two fifty a month for that, and usually they're not going and buying like one barbell a month. They're usually just saving up and spending three grand on something at the end of the year. But God, that way, seems that seems low to me. I um, b- let me just push back on that. If, if one assault bike breaks, um, you're out a thousand bucks. Yeah, and the reality is that if if that happens, most gyms can't afford it. Yep. And so and so, how is two fifty uh, realistic there? Can we put in 500? Sure. Yeah. Put in whatever you want. I mean, it's your gym. My gym. Okay. Thank you. 500. By the way, Bill has texted <laughs> me since the, since the start of this. Okay, good. I, I hope he texts me too. Tell him to text me. I always like, I, I, he's like one of those people that text me that I don't open right away because I'm no, no text from Bill because uh, he sent me a Snapchat. So him and like Rich Froning, if they text me, I like, I, I keep it closed for a couple of days. Like just kind of like, yeah, I'm the shit. Just, <laughs> that's why I just dropped his name. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. And, uh, and Katie, I keep closed for like four days. Dear Bill and Katie. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, subscriptions. Um, those are, uh, 
like like QuickBooks and like the the sugar sugar Wattify thing and yeah. So a lot of people would professional services in here. So like your bookkeeper, your accountant, your mentor would probably go in subscriptions too because it's a recurring bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, so, so you put bill- your brain business in there. Yep. Okay. I was going to say, maybe we should increase equipment to 505 just to make Bill happy. I know he wants to see that number uh, padded. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. You just improved his PL. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to remember, too, we're just talking about, we're not talking about the, the initial startup costs for all the equipment that you're buying. We're right. Saying, we're saying that you That's already right. have all the equipment. What's it going to take to switch out a monitor, fix a chain on an assault bike, maybe yep. buy two new, you know, wall balls or something like that? So collectively, that gives us, you know, six thousand dollars a year for that yeah so like we have a uh, ebay alert for concept two so if somebody in town is selling their rower i want to buy it so i want to have money in the pool for that Mm -hmm. yes exactly is that a good place to look where should people look um to be looking for equipment rogue.com i've scattered all over the place and this isn't i'm not i'm not being paid by bill for an advertisement of the podcast but, but I uh, wish we were. That that was my wink there too. But we could be no. But I've I've searched Amazon, other places, and all that stuff, trying to uh, find a better price than Rogue offers because there's shipping and tax including that. And after ten years, I I still have not. So not only that, but the quality of the equipment equipment it lasts for freaking forever. We make the joke that if a nuclear bomb went off, because I'm right next to the Lawrence Livermore lab, but if that place got attacked, the only thing that'd be standing at Livermore would be my Rogue rig against that cement wall. It's indestructible. <laughs> Uh, good, good point. Um, uh, the Kemsky Clinic, uh, Doctor uh, Kapinski. Uh, I would recommend leaving any area that costs eleven k a month for commercial leasing for a four k square foot building. Members would have to pay four hundred a month. Yeah, that's what we're going to get to. But that here's the thing: then you wouldn't have gyms in any of the major metropolises. I mean, you would never have a gym on Manhattan. Yep. One of the most densely populated places uh, in the United States. You would never have a gym in in high profile spot in Austin. You just won't have gyms in good in places where 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 you need gyms. You wouldn't have a single gym in the city of San Francisco. Right. I could yeah. only imagine what it costs in San Francisco or or a place. If you want to open, there's a building that they just built. Apple built. It's like their spaceship building. It's massive. It's probably as big as the Pentagon, dude. Wow. Homes there are like ten thousand dollars a square foot. I'm, I'm not joking. Like a thousand square foot home there could be fucking eight million dollars. Yeah, it's insane. It would yeah. blow so, you guys away. Yeah. So there have to be, there have to be, uh, th- there has to be a McDonald's there, a CrossFit gym, and a Starbucks, and uh, they, there has to be. There's a shitload of people there. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. What What's your pushback on that, Chris? Or do you agree? Well, there's a lot of flaws in that argument, but number one is like there are many gyms that charge more than that, and number two is that it there are gyms that be- charge more than four hundred a month. You've heard of that? Sure, yeah, yeah. But what's more important is is not the membership price; it's the average revenue per member. Because some clients are not going to want to do group classes, and so they're going to pay a higher rate, right? And so they they might just do personal training, or they might want group classes combined with something else. And so what that does is it pulls the average revenue per member up, even if your, your prices stay the same, you know, I, the What's other the thing distinction there, before you go yeah. forward, there's two things you're saying, membership price versus average revenue per member. What's the distinction yeah. there? I don't know the difference. So for example, like you could have a membership price of 150 bucks a month, right? 
But some of your clients, 10% of your clients will pay uh, quite a bit more because they'll want private service or they'll want nutrition coaching separately or whatever that is. What about parking? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, like, could you charge 200 bucks? I mean, in Manhattan, you could probably charge 500 <laughs> bucks a month for a parking spot. I mean, you do. It's not about what you can get away with. It's like what adds value to the client. And right. so for a lot of gyms, it's like a dedicated nutrition coach adds a lot of value. So they charge for that. And so that pulls the average revenue up, even if the like the price of a CrossFit class stays the same. I'll uh, add this in there. Uh, and this is also in the uh, two brain brain business state of the um, industry book. I know Chris is starting to get impressed with how much I'm bringing out of this. Thanks, man. Uh, in 2000, uh, no, thank you. It's making a whole show. I'm going to make money off this. In 2016, in 2016, only 10% of CrossFit gyms offered nutrition coaching. Now in 2022, 73%. That's yeah. pretty cool. But he goes on to say that um, of those, um, they're not monetizing it correctly, meaning that the value that they're getting for the service, they're working harder and not necessarily making more money. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah. and so, uh, he can, uh, two brain can definitely help you with that, but that is cool. And it shows, uh, that people care. That's the caring piece. Yeah. I mean, you can remember there were stories Greg Amundsen told me about showing up at the original CrossFit with empty Tupperware and saying, Greg, like draw a line on the Tupperware of how, how full I should make it with carbs. And this is my one for protein, like draw a circle in the Tupperware of how much protein I should have, right? Like that's the kind of one-on-one -on -one attention that most people need. And right. it's just, you, you can't provide that in a group class setting. So, yeah. And so you, so you offer, so you offer stuff, you offer nutrition, parking, yeah. what are other things, one-on-one? Uh, -on -one? I mean, for me, that's, that's about it. But other people have different things that they offer. Like they might offer an online service. They might offer an accountability program. Um, a lot of gyms are adding what they would call a high ticket service where maybe 5% of their clients take it, but it's 12 to $2,000 a month. And that's, you know, full coaching and they're helping you like in every way you can think of. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Uh, um, do you, do you recommend gyms? Uh, what, what's like, if you're going to put three add-ons to the $150 a month membership, what are the first three? Well, first you need an on-ramp. Uh, so okay. when new people come in, they need to be brought safely up to the average level of your group. And so they need an onboarding process, usually five sessions up. Some gyms go like even 90 days. And what they want to do is make sure that you're safe and you're comfortable and fluid in the movement. Um, the second thing that people should have is a one-on-one -on -one or at least a very small group option, because let's face it, like some people could benefit from CrossFit, but they do not want to exercise in a group, you know? And then the, the third thing going by the data that they could be adding is like the option to have access to the gym in off hours. Mm. That's a dangerous one. You have to be careful with the way that you do that. But most gyms uh, who offer that charge about $70 per month. The client finds a lot of value in it. And the key to all of it, though, is like understanding what the client values, not what you would value as an owner. So, you know, five years ago, gyms would be offering like weightlifting clubs where you could come in and use the jerk blocks for three hours on a Tuesday and surprise, nobody wanted to pay more for that. Right. But it, it's really like asking your best clients what they want and then offering that to everybody else. Uh, oh, I like that. Uh, Hiller, uh, Sousa, what do you think about this off hours, uh, 70 bucks a month to give people some off hours access? 
I, I, I like it any way you could, you're already paying for the fixed cost of the building and everything else. So any, any way you could find a way to create more revenue in there is going to be extremely yeah. advantageous. Mr. Hiller. 100%. I like the key fobs. There's a service out yeah. there that gives you a key fob and then it just tracks members coming in and out too. So you're using it when they're using it. Okay. You have to be careful and we don't recommend it for most people until they've got a solid service base because like it almost killed me, honestly. It was we were offering this when we opened up, and it's this Explain. is before. Well, we were, this was before key fobs, so now you've got to have a human policing everything, mm-hmm. right? And so now it's like, hey, it's seven o'clock. The group is starting. The gym is full. You got to get off the rower. I don't want to get off the rower. Well, sorry, get off the rower, right? And like um, the other thing that would happen with us is we weren't insisting that they were being coached, so. They would come in, they would do the on-ramp, they'd do the group coaching CrossFit for two or three months, and they would descend to the lowest priced option, which was open gym. We thought the opposite was going to happen. They would come in, they would be so excited about our amazing coaching that they would just keep ascending, and it was the opposite. So, oh, I would make it so that 70 was on top of that baseline. That's the right way. That's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. I just didn't do that back then. God, I'm smart. you You see how smart I am? How how do you if you are not well, there was a commenter that's like are there avenues in which you the owner is not also the head coach so you said that it almost killed you let's just say that you are not the head coach you were the owner how do you create a situation where that person gets off the rower because they know that it's got the priority of the class of the group so so there you've got like you, you've got systems in place where you write these policies out and you hold the staff to holding the policies. But now you've got two layers of humans here. Like you've got to make sure that the staff holds the policies and the staff has to hold the policies on the members. That's really tough. And so, um, you know, you can systemize it definitely, but like I don't work in my gym at all day today. And this is what they do. They have a clear set of systems and policies and that's how they operate everything. Like they know exactly what time to open the door, exactly how the class starts, et cetera. And okay. so they sign the paper for the open gym and then just like get off the rower at 7 a.m. because it's no longer open gym time. It's your fault. They know. Yeah. And you also have to mentor your staff a little bit. Like, hey, look, if you let this person go over by a minute, that everybody sees that and they go over by two minutes and it snowballs. And so you have to be strict, right? And teach them how to do that tactfully too. Um, I, I mean, I got one example that I was thinking of when I said that story. This guy was a longtime client. He was doing a half marathon row five minutes before class. Our general manager said like, look, we don't think you're going to finish in time. Just so you know, like class is starting in five minutes, no matter what. And he called her bluff. And when she was like, you have to get off now, you know, of course he storms out, creates a big scene, never comes back and like, you know, impacts That's everything that ever happened. Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Long term for sure. But. And I would say too, that also sets the precedence for the members that witness that because they now show that their time in their class is the most highest um, priority for that yeah. gym and for the trainer. And then just one other little piece, when Chris talks about the systems and procedure that is in place and then managing the people and managing those systems, that's the transition that's a really hard part to make from trainer to business owner from owning a job to owning a business because you switch from coaching people on the floor and doing that to managing systems, uh, procedures and people. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to say something, Jacob. I, I, I hear you out loud. You're saying that it's unrealistic and it's horseshit, the numbers we're throwing out there. I want to tell you that I think I understand what you're talking about, but I do live in California, so I, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. But I want to tell you something. <laughs> There's a guy. Oh, uh, yeah. It's fair. Know, it, it's fair. This is cool. Let's use yeah. the Ohio yeah. example next. To- yeah. Totally cool. Let, let, me, let me just tell you a story here real quick. Are you good for time? Is everyone good for time? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you a little story here. Uh, my kids every Thursday go to uh, Sunnyvale, California, um, to a, a professional skateboarder at a park um, that's owned by the city, and uh, they um, they take a skateboard lesson there that he probably teaches illegally, and it cost my it cost me a hundred dollars. I slipped the guy a hundred dollar bill every Thursday for a one hour class, and this guy is so amazing on so many levels. Connects with the kids, love the kids, is a true profession in his craft. Uh, step by step, has everything been doing it for years. Now, um, the uh, park is, is is very nice and clean. It's a b- bunch of rich Asian women, mostly uh, they're skateboarding, like forty to sixty year old women. It's a really trippy demographics. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. It's all the Facebook, you know, Amazon, Apple, the people who are rich as shit already. Um, and um, and so uh, if if that skate coach charges a hundred dollars an hour and he teaches three hundred days a year. And he has four clients a day, which is crazy, which is what's the sustainability of a human being teaching four one hour classes on skateboarding? I mean, this is some there's you have to work out with your class as a skateboard instructor. Yeah, it's not like CrossFit where you get to sit there and just say shit. You skateboard with these kids. You you have no overhead. And if he does four classes a day. 300 days a year. This guy makes $120,000 a year. He cannot fucking live. He's never going to get a fucking girl in a fucking house. A skateboard cost, a new skateboard costs 250 bucks. I mean, so, so I, I hear what you're saying, like maybe in Oklahoma somewhere, but like um, a, a coffee at Starbucks here is like $6. You, you know what I mean? I mean, the, I, and I'm telling you millions of people are living like this in California. So I, I, I hear you and we can maybe punch in some other numbers, but like, like Vancouver, like where um, Chris spoke of that may be one of the most expensive cities in the world where half yeah. the buildings are empty because the Chinese have just come in and fucking bought everything. I mean, shit there is crazy, dude. So, um, so, so I hear you, um, uh, but, but, but not, but pe- people like this skateboard instructor, I don't know. I don't know what the sustainability is of this. He's never, when's he going to retire? What money is he saving? How is he going to meet girls? Like what's the, and this is an older guy. This guy's probably pushing 40. Sorry. Uh, anyone want to chime in? Go ahead. I do have an Ohio example and an Oakland example too. We just happened to start with the highest one. That's Which one did you say? Oklahoma, Oakland oh, and Ohio. Oh, but Oakland's expensive. Oh, Oakland and Ohio. Okay. We'll switch to Ohio. Oakland's going to be crazy expensive. That's yeah, okay. Let's let's finish this one. I just want everybody okay. to keep in mind. Okay. That, like, and I want you to know what happened in Oakland. They legalized marijuana, and every fucking shithole in the town became so expensive because people wanted yeah. uh, uh, huge places where you would typically open a CrossFit gym. They started buying all these warehouses up and growing weed in them. Yep. Okay. It happened in Denver too. Okay. Uh. So, so subscription. Um. I would say probably about six hundred bucks a month. You know? Okay. That's exactly in line. That's like a mentor plus a bookkeeper. Maybe you use other stuff. I don't know. Uh, Taxes. I mean, it depends, right? So I guess we're probably talking about like property taxes there. If you have a triple net lease, 
you know, and you're paying 11,000 bucks a month in, in uh, rent, you're probably paying about three grand in taxes too. And I don't know if you guys know the story of what happened to Sousa, but Sousa had a gym and uh, the taxes in the city went up and in the small print in the uh, contract where he rented the um, gym from, it says if taxes go up in the area, you guys have to uh, take on the cost as the um, as the renters. So like kind of kind of close, kind of close. The building I was in got purchased for a much more higher valuation than was already valid for. So then the property tax went up because they were paying off what the, the company who bought the building was. So overnight, mine jumped from $522 and what known as cam costs the common area maintenance and property taxes rolled into that it jumped from 500 to 2200 and they back <laughs> so it went up from 500 to 2200 and then they back charged them over a year <laughs> so you do the fucking math on that that's what i mean it's, it's just uh i mean it, it's it's just crazy i think cooper might have froze or he's oh, not he did he did he did i was like Is man like, he, he, oh he was back. yes it was Sorry, just I, I, I did the math because Sevan told me to. Yeah, it is the <laughs> and uh, Caleb, it's Seattle, not Oregon that we're in right here. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry about that. Oh, dang. Look at you, Caleb. That's Caleb doing all that fancy stuff. Yeah, he's got the spreadsheet oh. and he'll run them side by side like that too because we could do yeah. a second one. Cool. Uh, man, Caleb learned. I thought he just learned how to bandage people up in the military. Look at him, dude. He's a, he's a yeah. renaissance man. Side. Uh, okay, insurance. Uh, usually about 2,500 a year. So whatever that works out to, uh, the yearly on that. So it'll be, it'll be closer to 200 Caleb. Yeah. Two, 200 ish. Yeah. And then, um, what's, what's merchant fees. So that's what visa charges you 3% of revenue okay. usually. Yeah. And so, uh, Brittany said she was spending between, sometimes she spends almost 3000. What, what's a normal. Yeah. 2,500 to 3000. Sure. Depends. Okay. Depends where you are and stuff. Yeah. So One here's the too. number. Here we get to do the fun part. So we're at 30. Yeah. Uh, did that grow? I don't think that grew when you put in that 2,500, did it? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. It oh, did. Good. Okay. Yes. Everyone get out their calculators. Is it this simple? Uh, how much are we going to charge per month uh, at this gym for a membership? Uh, I can't tell you exactly what he charges, but I can tell you that the average, the average revenue per member is $270.35. So that's not what he's charging for a membership, but that is like all of the memberships, all of the personal training, all the nutrition coaching divided by the number of members you have is two seventy thirty five. Okay, will you just entertain me just for one second cuz uh, and just and just make it uh make it less than 270. Will you say because in this in this two brain uh yearly re- state of the industry report it says I didn't write it down. I think it says the average gym membership 160. is 160. Yeah, yeah, 159 a month. Okay, so let's go with 160. Let's put in 160 there. Let's just put uh, 160 instead of 270.35. I do like 35. That's nice. Nice touch. Okay. So now we have to figure out how many of those mem- – we divide uh, 38,615 by 160, right? And that would be how many memberships we have to sell. To break even, and now to the coach doesn't even. even get in. The coach doesn't even get any. The owner doesn't get any money. Exactly, two hundred and forty-one members. Okay, two hundred three. So call it two forty-two. <laughs> uh, so so let's say let's just say even two forty. So you need two hundred and forty members. Um, this gym and do you know how many members this gym has? Any um, chance? I think so. 
and 4,000 square feet. 271 members. It looks like he's got 14 people getting a free membership for coaching. So 285 total. Okay. So does, does that help? Does that let you see now? Um, can you add, um, uh, let's say you want your gym owner to make uh, $10,000 a month to take home. Yeah. Okay. So now let's take 48,000 six, that would be $120,000 for your owner. For him and his wife and his and his two kids and his in his car that he has to drive back and forth in and just in, in his in his health insurance and all those things buy Christmas presents for for his family all that stuff or Kwanzaa or whatever he does uh, forty eight thousand six hundred fifteen now can you divide that by one sixty forty eight thousand six hundred fifteen divided by uh, one sixty Sorry, Caleb. I know you're being asked to do a lot. Caleb's doing awesome. I am retarded at math, so just give me a second. No, no, you're good. 348,000 divided by 160. Yeah, divided by 160. Yeah. So now you have 303. So you need 303 members. And by the way, as we get to this 303 members... You have to remember that a bunch of this other cost would probably start going up. And oh, so yeah. it becomes also a weird, the, uh, it becomes a weird, each say that again, not each. Remember that Chris said that the membership cost is one sixty, but the value of each client is $110 more. Right. And we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, so, so if you charge $160 for a gym, or if, if uh, a, um, a membership and you're in Seattle, you need 303 members, but then it becomes like a dog chasing its own tail because then your labor and coaching goes up, your supplies go up, more equipment breaks, uh, et cetera. Everything goes up, right? You're probably, your oh, yeah. insurance has a limit. Once you go over like 200 members, your insurance goes up. There's all sorts of things that will start happening to you. Okay. Now, if anybody actually wants a PL where they can put these numbers in and have them change automatically, just go to startagym.com and you can download one for free. Okay. Is that your website? Yeah. Okay. Startagym.com. Okay. Uh, and um and he I think he did say how many members this gym has. This gym has uh 285. 285. Yeah. Okay. But 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 14 of them are for free. So let's say it has 271. 271. Yeah. Okay. So now let's figure out um, that the let's make the membership cost. What did you say? Two seventy. So his ARM is two seventy thirty five. Yeah, which is like. And what does that mean? People buy bottles of water. They get a massage. Everything. They got a nutrition. Yeah. They get one on one. All these other things you stated. Yeah. yeah so he, they've bought the off hours access. They bought the on. Yeah. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Some some people will have bought like are paying five hundred a month. Most people are paying 160 a month, but the, the high value clients like pull that up, right? Okay. Don't it's misconstrue true. when I say high value clients. Everybody's a high value person. It's just some people pay more. Yeah. It's Sevon's argument for first class in the airplane. Yes, right. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Let them pay all that crazy money. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. 30, uh, 38,615 divided by $270. The, the other thing that happens when you've got oh, and now we're at your magic number. Sorry, Chris, we're at yeah. one forty three, hundred forty three members. Weird yeah. how that works. Yeah. But but this dude, this dude still doesn't get to take money home with that number. No, you've got him taking ten thousand home, don't you? Or no, that's that at thir- off again. Okay. No, we took that off again. That's at thirty eight thousand sixteen. Right. So, so that's your shit breaks even. even at one hundred and forty three members at this gym. 
at this gym, it does like in general and including staff pay, right? In general, um, if you're not including staff pay, you should be able to cover your expenses with 50 members. Mm-hmm. That's a good, just kind of rule of thumb when you're determining what to charge. Uh, to say that, so you're saying a good plan for a gym, what you like, what you want is at 50 members, everything's paid for except the owner. I mean, yeah, or or less. I mean, if you can do it with 30 members, that's even better. We chose like the Are you highest. kidding me? How would that happen? Okay, let's go to Ohio. This is crazy. I don't see how I don't see how that could happen, dude. That seems impossible to me. 30 is like the lowest, right? 50 is pretty good. This is like an extreme example. And we chose that on purpose because it is, you know, a very expensive market. But I bet you there's two thousand gyms in this market. Could be. By this market, I don't mean Seattle. I mean uh, Hong Kong, Vancouver, San Francisco, yeah, Manhattan, yeah. Los Angeles, Miami, Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The other key to this guy's success is his retention is stellar. Like I'm looking at his retention numbers. He churns about 4% of clients a month, but that means that he still has to bring in 25 new members a month to grow. So you got to keep that in mind. Like when you get to these gyms of 300 people to maintain – like really, really good retention, you're still getting a new person almost every single day. Like that is your job. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of our friends has a gym with 600 people, a dear friend of, I think of all of ours. Wow. And, um, and, and the stress that he told me, he says they lose about 12 people a month. And so they have to bring on 12 people a month. Yeah. And, the, and, and I could only imagine the stress of on-ramping uh, 12 to 20 people a month, the burden that must or, be. That's crazy. Or, yeah, or learning the marketing to do that is tough, yeah. Uh, I do want to add to that statistic that you just said. Um, client retention in the – this is going to be a good one you guys are going to like. Client retention uh, in the gym industry is about 7.8 months, meaning about every 7 point, uh, uh, a client on average lasts only 7.8 months. So some guy, people last 15 years and some the life of the gym and some people leave after a week. But two brain uh, gyms, the uh, retention is 18.8 months, almost yeah. three times as long. What? Why? Why is that? Because you teach them how to retain people? You, clean, yeah. you tell them to clean their bathrooms? We're very – we're very intentional about retention because, um, I mean, honestly, that's how you build a sustainable gym. It's not how fast you can get people. It's how long you keep people. And, um, so adding an on-ramp program is massive for retention. I mean, even that will like almost double like the, like retention length. Um, and then having check-ins every quarter where you're like, are you making progress? Uh, encouraging them to refer a friend, builds their retention because now they've got another friend in the gym. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's like, you know, there's a whole bunch of different pillars to retention that we teach, but the the key point is that you're paying attention to that more than anything else. And the real reason is that like, honestly, if your gym's only keeping somebody for seven months, they have not made a life changing commitment to fitness. It's not long enough. Uh, I will also tell you this, this goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning of the show. And it's probably really interesting uh, issue. You probably have it too, brain too, because you're giving people tools and then they, and then they're done. That is the biggest problem for CrossFit Inc. Retention yeah. like that. Everything else is just off. Like everything else is so easy to do. It's easy to sell L ones because it's great. It's easy to get people to affiliate. It's, it's all, everything's easy. The retention is no one's cracked the code on that. The retention is, uh, the fact that affiliates come and then they leave, like, what did you say that you, we suspect there's been 30,000 gyms, CrossFit gyms? 
That's a wild guess. I don't know, but like, but the answer is make the gyms more money because it's, it's not like the price of the affiliation goes up the more successful I am, right? Like if, if $3,000 is a huge decision to me, then I'm going to think long and hard about the value of that $3,000 every year, where if it's really like nothing to me, then it's just an, an easy, yeah, keep it rolling. Uh, well, uh, Justin is saying merchant fees on 242 members would be $1,200 at 3% of the membership cost. Oh, cool. We could adjust that then for the sake of this. Sure. But that's membership cost. If they're being charged that extra 110 anyway, it's still being charged. Yeah, that's right. What do you sure. mean? What do you mean? And that's on membership cost, which was 160. 160. And we're talking about the, A- the ARM, which is 270, which probably brings yeah. it back up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I love that uh, there's there was, an auditor in the audience. That's amazing. Oh, we got we got a handful of them. And I wonder too, if for those of you guys auditing, please let us know which gym you own. Uh um uh, uh run a profitable gym, two brain business. Uh real data, $270 average revenue per member is not uncommon among two brain clients on September 2022 leaderboard, the 10 uh 10th place gym uh was three hundred sixty-five, so a hundred dollars yeah. more, and that was the tenth place gym. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, gym World, uh, twelve cancellations with six hundred members. Is awesome. This is a pretty awesome dude. Yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's a good churn rate. That's yeah. amazing. I wouldn't stress over that too much. But I mean, but either stress over yeah, who, I, I don't care if it's true or not. To be honest with you, but this dude's a great dude. Yeah, what yeah. I'm just what, the the spirit of what I'm saying is is just that like I was just adding to uh, what Chris was saying that like yeah people don't realize that people leave people move out of town uh, people uh, have sex with the wrong person at the gym and have to leave uh, <laughs> shit happens. Tune into right? our last show and by the yeah. way the move thing has been crushing me out here in California. The what? Would, the moving thing. Yeah. I would say that. I, well, I could tell you this with confidence because we have the data. What's the access. moving thing? What's that? I'm going to get to it. So I, I could tell you this with data because we do exiting surveys here, and people have, our biggest loss is people moving out of state. Oh, oh, oh! That kind of moving. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant moving your gym. I know that's why I was getting to the end there for you. Sevon retains viewers. Maybe there's a value there he hasn't tapped. I don't know. The subscribers keep dropping. I don't know what's happening. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully having Chris. Hopefully having Chris on. I think people come for the game stuff and then find out that uh, there's other stuff here. Uh, retention stat uh, in 2018, the average gym owner who filled out our gym checkup would have earned an extra forty five thousand that year simply by increasing average retention by two months. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Please stay. Please, please stay. <laughs> Two more months. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to our spreadsheet. How are you? Are you on good on time, Caleb? Okay. Thanks, brother. Okay. Let's do Ohio. We'll do Ohio fast. Yeah. Ohio, yeah this could move Ohio, quick Ohio. here. Okay. So their recurring expenses total. So this is. Um, Rent, heat, lights, etc., is eight thousand sixty-five dollars forty-three cents per month. Okay, and uh, and how much of that is rent? You think? Um, I would, I would guess about half. Okay, so four thousand rent. Okay, and then the the rest would be like their insurance and, and whatnot. So the, the grand total at the bottom of this sheet for these people would be uh, excluding labor would be eight thousand sixty-five dollars forty-three cents. 
Okay, can we put late? What's their labor? Do you know yep, their sure. labor? Their labor is is higher. So their labor was so this is not including the owner thirteen thousand forty dollars twenty nine cents. Okay, so let's spread out that other four thousand over their um, utilities licensing. Let's put in the ones yeah. we know. Let's put in um, uh, licensing we know is two fifty. Yep. Uh, do you want to do this uh, for me, Souza? What are we trying to match it with? Just all we want. We want to make sure that they're that they have another eight thousand dollars, another four thousand. So we have four thousand, and then they spent another four thousand on utilities, licensing, marketing, supplies, equipment, subscription. Yeah. So uh, we, I mean, just for simple math, we could just break that into a couple five hundred dollar pieces. It won't be accurate to the line item, but at least okay. it'll be accurate to our total. Just to okay. move through this one a little quicker to save time. Sure. So Caleb, so five hundred four thousand in miscellaneous. There you go. No, That's how I do love, my books too. The accounts love the miscellaneous yeah. journal entry. Go ahead. So okay. So go ahead and put hey, hey, five hundred. You own a gym anymore? Oh, well. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, go, go ahead and put another uh, two fifty in. Mar- yeah. Okay. Five hundred. Uh, five hundred or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we're not making it consistent with the light item. We just want our total down at the bottom. Mm. So that's a thousand. Just put a thousand for supplies, a thousand for equipment. That brings us up right there to three thousand in total, and then just go to taxes and drop in another thousand. Just give it to the government. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Damn right. Okay. And then that, so then that total would be uh 21,040, right? Yeah. He'll get that? that squared away right here. You just got to click yeah. all of them, hit enter, and we'll have our total. Bada boom. 21,290. Okay. Sounds right. And the membership cost there, uh, um, Chris? Their ARM is. Two thirty-eight eighty-eight, which means uh, I would I would guess that their like membership average price is around one seventy-ish, and then the personal training and everything else pulls it up. Really? So you think that that gym in Ohio, I mean, is is more expensive the monthly than the Seattle gym? Uh, yeah, plus minus thirty bucks probably. Okay. Interesting. This, this is really common in CrossFit. Like people don't set their prices based on their location. They set yep. their prices based on their perception of CrossFit. So we do see this, like this gym in Ohio charging the same as what they would charge in Seattle. Yeah. Well, the, it, the, the reason why that membership number is so important is I'm, I'm very curious to see how many um, members they need. Okay. Um, to uh, because so we can I, make because I think that's a big problem. I think people go into gyms and they yep. say, "Hey, why is it one hundred and fifty dollars a month to train here?" Yeah, make I it don't equal. even see any expensive put, machines. Put one sixty. Yeah, okay. just make it equal cost. And you'd be surprised. I remember in my early years, a few like five or so years back, I went to a gym in the middle of nowhere in Arizona, and I was like, "How much you guys charge here?" And the place was like much bigger. Obviously, taxes much lower. Had a bunch of people, and they're like. Oh, we charge X, and it was at that time ten more dollars than I charged, and yeah. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" It's both. Yeah. Uh, Will Brandstetter is saying that number you put in for membership cost was the average number of memberships in the in that manual. It's both. It was both. It's 160 gyms, I think, on average, 100 or 159 members, and it was the average cost, right? It was both. I think that number was both. The medium gym membership right. is 159 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so also we were, we were, uh, but yeah, that's right. I think I'm right. Will. I appreciate though the, the check. Okay. So let's divide then, um, 21 to 90, 21 to 90, uh, by 160. And we get 133. Yep. 
So this gym needs 133 members. Yeah. Keep in mind though. Like, so isn't at- that crazy? It's, 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 um, it's $17,000 less a month to run, but, 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 but still only nine members less. Yeah. Look at the staff cost though, right? Like that staff mm-hmm. cost, he's paying his staff a lot for Ohio compared to, you know, if we assume that 19,000 is okay, pretty good for Seattle, then right. we've also got to assume that like 13,000 is a ton for Ohio. And again, neither includes like what the owner is making. The owner in Ohio is doing really, really well. I've actually got that here somewhere. We could figure that out pretty quick, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm at the wrong one. Do do that ten thousand dollar increase on the twenty one thousand, and then do it off of the ARM. And I bet it's yeah, twelve thousand four ninety seven eighty one. Thirty one two ninety. You already did the math. I've got it on his sheet here. Oh, thirty one. I'm gonna uh, thirty one two ninety divided by uh. 160 is, is, uh, is, is $195 per. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, he is. So he's making members, but if we, you want to divide it by the ARM, cause that's the actual number he's pulling yeah. in. So it'd be 31, 290 divided by 238. Oh yes. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 31, divided by. Divided by 238. I'll put 239. Yes, sir. Round up. 130, so 130 members. And that's with the gym owner making 120 a year. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think and if um, it's the Chris Cooper number of 150, he'd be making more like 140. Yeah. Oh, maybe there. even maybe even more, right? Yeah. Okay. And to address uh, Sarah's um, question here, I'm pretty sure these labor costs, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, are, are making it to where your gym is turnkey. As an owner, you're not on the floor because the labor costs cover yeah. all so that, hours. That's a really great question. And it could I just happen to know whose gym this is, and it is the case. He he's not in the gym every day. He has a general manager, and that's why that labor cost is high. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually like your labor cost scales with the number of clients that you have. So if you have more people, you need more coaches. Um, the one that doesn't is if you have like a manager, and that's just gonna be a fixed cost. And in this guy's case, he does. So mm-hmm. Man, there's some astute people watching. We better. Oh yeah, we attract. We attract an audience here. That they are. They are. They are smart and they are enlightened. So I I just want to see this real quick. So one sixty times two thirty nine equals thirty eight thousand two hundred forty. So that this dude is. This dude is bringing in. just from this rough look uh, anywhere between 10 and $17,000 a month, he takes home. Yeah. 12,497.81. And it's just because we rounded in a few spots, but that's, that's That's pretty good. That's pretty good. This, so let me repeat that again. This guy is, uh, that's $38,240 a month. He's making and his total costs are 21,290 for a difference of here. I'll tell you exactly. uh, 21, it's like 12, five 90, uh, it's sixteen nine five. Yeah, his actual is like twelve five. So it's okay. Just so we got something it. wrong, yeah. but okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. How long has that gym been open? That Ohio gym. 
I'm not sure. He he owned two at one time, but one was very far away, and so he just recently sold it. It wasn't doing as well, even though they had way more revenue um, because they were in a very high touristy area, and a lot of their revenue is coming from drop-ins. So it's hard for them to project every month. Uh, so they'd like overstaff on coaches, etc. Um, but the gym in Ohio is crushing it for them. Uh, thank God I live in Portsmouth, Ohio. Chris, is that is this a bigger city in Ohio? Um, this, this owner is, yeah. I don't even know if there are any bigger cities in Ohio. Uh, Hillary, I don't know Portsmouth, but yeah. are we doing, are we doing another avatar here? Or is that kind yeah. of what we're doing on the spreadsheet? I got an Oakland one too. Yeah. An Oakland one. Okay. Yeah. I'll ask the question at the end. More towards uh, the Hiller, end. Hiller, what, Hiller, can you tell us the most you ever made, you ever took home at your gym? Myself personally? Yeah. Yeah. $52,000. And, and, but, and you had two owners, so you would have taken home 104,000. Incorrect. It wasn't split that way. It wasn't. He had he had, he had a uh, another job where he made most of his income. So mm -hmm. most of the money was put towards my salary, the leftover. And, and, and how many members did you have? Anywhere from one thirty-five to one fifty. Okay. So I, I can allot this to having our ARM not being nearly as high as the mm -hmm. ones that we have shown right here. So our well, membership was one sixty, but the ARM would have been closer to one. 40, which was actually under. And that was because we'd have people like here, go clean the bathrooms. We'll give you a free membership. Yeah. We had people Holy coaching. Shit, so we, I didn't even know that was possible. Co coaching You're, memberships. Mm -hmm. It's very common. Yeah. That's like the, the main. So that's why you asked me to be on the show. This is an example of what not to do. <laughs> hey, so that's fascinating. So, so you're saying that the, your, your ARM, what's that stand for again? Average revenue per member. Average revenue per member can be lower than your membership. That's not when, when he said oh, yeah. that you're not shocked, Chris, when Hiller said that we made so common. No, so common. Cause he's too nice. He's giving away free shit. Way too many discounts or we like grandfathered rates for somebody that just happened to stumble by when we were opening up or whatever, but it's really common for people to have like a very low ARM. And then they try to make up for it in volume by just attracting more and more people. And in the worst cases, you know, we saw flagship affiliates, like even in Hawaii go under because of this. You offer more discounts to get more people in. You fall short, so you offer more discounts again, and you know it's this downward spiral. Yep. So Check out the comments. Everyone's everyone's in agreement because I just said what no one wants to own up to, in my so, opinion. So what yeah, Hiller right. making fifty k a year is actually pretty good with with the. For, for, we were for that murdering model. it in terms of attendance and membership numbers. We were not murdering it in terms of ARM. You were getting people amazing, life-changing results, but you... That was the goal. Making it's always been yeah. the goal. It's more common than not. That's right. Yeah, and we could do this Oakland model after that. Like, we could put in no labor costs. We could just put in the stripped-down expenses and then run it how... I could give you the Oakland numbers. Go. But, but I will say something here. Okay, so 52 is just slightly above, like, the industry average for, like, a personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach, which is, like, 43 or something. Say that, repeat that one more time, Chris. So if Andrew took home 52 a year, uh -huh. that's slightly more than the industry average that you would make as like a strength conditioning coach at a university or okay. like a, a, a decent personal trainer at Equinox. But imagine if that number was twice that, right? Like a CrossFit affiliate takes home an average of $100,000 a year. Imagine if CrossFit HQ could say that. Ah. Think of the level of professional they would attract to the CrossFit brand. Yeah. I wouldn't be they talking to you right now. I tell you that much. 
Really? You still have your gym? Right? I'd still, I'd still have my gym. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And that is the big opportunity right now that's missing in the trifecta is that if CrossFit could provide a, a value proposition to the affiliate that was twice as good as what they could make doing something else or driving Uber and paying for their CrossFit membership somewhere else, mm-hmm. you would start attracting higher level professionals. And that would mean more gyms, which would mean more trainers, which would mean more uh, outreach, more impact. Is this a is this a kind of a facetious comment like fifty k for eighty hours a week? Meaning he's saying like, hey, don't forget how hard you have to work. But I think what Chris is saying very good point. Yeah. But I think what Chris is saying is you can do it with working thirty hours a week. You can do it by only working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If you own the gym, you could take three day weekends. Right? It's doable. Right? You could. Very, That's not very, the average. Yeah, the average is the eighty hours a week. Sure. It is what? Like eighty is an exaggeration, but sixty is not. Like that's typical. So what do you do? Uh, are you saying who, who that's the a good gives thing? You what a do number you... after taxes? It's before taxes. <laughs> what do you do, um, Chris? Um, if you've been running a gym for five years, you're, you're, you start your gym at twenty three. Yeah. At twenty eight, um, you decide to have a kid, and you want to start working instead of fifty five hours a week. You want to start. You want to take a Friday, Saturday, Sundays off, and only work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Is, well. Is... Um. I will say like when Avery was born, she was born at 5 a.m. And at noon, I left the hospital to go train clients. Yeah. That's what you don't want. Um, so the the way that you do that is that you build a staff that wants to be professionals and make a career. And the way that you afford that staff is that you charge enough value that you can afford that person. Now, that person is going to grow the pie also, right? Like they're, you're investing in staff and the return that you see on that staff should be like 2.5 X what they pay them, but that doesn't happen right away. So you need to make enough of a margin that you can afford to hire somebody. You know, another thing that happened to me, I tore my, my QL in a powerlifting meet on Sunday afternoon and I had to go to work the next day. Mm. <laughs> like Andrew, right? Like Alex, you guys know like, this oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I actually have another story about that, too. I was informed that my now father-in-law at the time, my girlfriend's father had uh, passed away at the house. He was suffering from pancreatic cancer. And I got the phone call and said, okay, I'll be there when I can. And I went to the gym and coached two classes and then went to the house. My favorite was I got LASIK and I had to go coach after. (laughs) Like, I can't see. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're driving. Lights are off. Right. Uh, uh, Sherman Merrick, a a former guest on the show, was he, was Sherman a two brain guy? Was, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I had about 110 members and made about 9K a month, Gainesville, Florida, College Town. Uh, I don't take home as much right now from the gym because I'm not involved. So that's good. 110 members, 9K a month, take home for the owner. Yeah. And Sherman is really good at um, referral marketing, like affinity marketing too. So he didn't. I mean, if you look into his eyes, you're buying shit from him. He's a very charming guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. I read that comment. I like I him. still don't understand referral marketing. I just hear take someone out to a cup of coffee and, and sell them shit. Uh, data, the 10th place gym owner on February of 2022, net owner benefit leaderboard earned 15,667. I like it's how it's, you keep yeah. uh, giving the 10th place too. That's pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I like that there's a leaderboard. Yeah, man. So that's, that's important to me because what we do is we'll say like, okay, what are the best gyms in each category doing every month? And then we'll interview them. Michael put them on the podcast. 
like, what are you doing? And then we'll take that and teach it to everybody else. And that's how these gyms keep doing way better than mine ever even did. (laughs) So you have a podcast, a two brain business podcast where people can listen and hear like success and horror stories and like learn this, learn. Yeah. The horror stories come from me. The success comes from our clients. Okay. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, Corey LaPelle in Vancouver has more than doubled his revenue. He better living in Vancouver, almost yeah. doubled his membership. That's awesome. I uh, reduced his work hours dramatically and quadrupled his salary since August of 20. 20- wow. That's amazing. I like quadrupled. Yeah. It's yeah, a nice so CrossFit yeah. power. <laughs> That's awesome. And then just to address this comment, yes, the reason why all three of our stories have that same comment was because we either couldn't afford to have anybody or it was during the day where if you were doing a value exchange membership for coaching or something like that, they just were at their regular jobs. Yep. And they're not on call like that because they're volunteers and they do their two, three hours a week and it's hard to get them outside of that window. Or you just can't afford the 30 bucks or whatever to pay them. Like that was me. Yeah, yeah that's that was me in, in the God. first two years. Yeah. Hey, Imagine. Chris, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell the story. Go ahead. Sorry. Imagine not having $30 to spend one more hour in the hospital with your new baby. Like that's what we're trying to help people avoid. Yeah. Chris, there's this, um, there's the, I I, I don't know if this is going to be relevant to the gym, but I, but I think it is that there's got to be a time where you just know you should tap. So I'm going to give you an example of like just the, the YouTube space. So if you're in the, YouTube, there's a, there's a threshold in the YouTube space where you have to put in the time. Like, so the vast majority of YouTube stations, 95% of them are just swimming, barely trying to get a hundred viewers a month. Right. Yeah. And then that, t- and I'm just making these numbers up. I don't know the exact numbers. Hillary, take your hand out of your mouth. The top 5%. <laughs> Thanks mom. Yeah. It's what I say to my kids all day. The, the, the top, the top 5%, there's a massive disparity between them. You know what I mean? The top 5% of YouTube channels get 201 viewers a month to a hundred million views a month. Right. But, but, but you're in the top 5% if you can just break over this, this threshold, because there's so much, so many people groveling down at the bottom Hmm. at some point, let's say you've done a podcast for five years and you still can't get more than 10 listeners a show. You have to be like, I'm going to, I quit. I quit. Yeah. Like, is there a point where like you, you just, you're just a weirdo. Let's just face it. Like you're just socially <laughs> fucking awkward. Uh, the second you start talking, people tune out. Like you just, you're not made to run a fucking gym. Yeah. I mean, I can't give you numbers on that because honestly, like I, <laughs> I don't attract those You people. don't have a weirdo page. Let me see if there's a weirdo page. The 10th place on the leader. Who's the 10th place? Who's the 10th place weirdo? I mean, Why, we know no, those people. That. We all have those people in our life where it's just like someone just needs to tell them like, uh, Hey dude, you give horrible haircuts. Stop. Like you've been at it 20 <laughs> years and you just suck. Stop. I mean, doesn't the market decide and don't they just take that as a sign and yeah. eventually stop? And then okay. I also, I also hate it's the whole thing of- about like, when do you, when do you just pack it up? Right. Because if you are only having 10 listeners on your, on your you know show for a certain amount of time, depending on what other metrics you're using for success. I mean, if there's none, then yeah, maybe it's time to hang it up. But if you're getting these other metrics that are also continuing to rise, maybe you're three feet away from gold. So stopping would be, bad at that point 
So you just need to have a dashboard of metrics to make sure that you're understanding you're moving forward and growth is happening in various different ways, right? That's you wouldn't be a CrossFitter and say, well, my back squats never improved. So the CrossFit's not for me, but yeah, your 2K row prime improved. You could run a mile without stopping. You can now swing and hang from a pull-up bar. You couldn't do that anymore. So just make sure you have a, a, a dashboard of metrics you're looking at. Okay. I'll give you a real world thing. There's people out there whose breath are so bad that they just can't be a coach. They got like some piece of meat stuck in their mouth behind their fucking one of their canines that, that's been in there for 18 years. And, and and no one's told them to take it out, right? Gum. Not even gum hell. We had a guy who worked at HQ. And if you were in the, I liked the guy, but if you were in a room with him, you'd be in a room with him and there'd be meetings and there'd be 12 people in the room and I'd walk in and I could just smell his breath. It was crazy. I'm not even bugged by breath. I'm not bugged by BO. Like, like I loved India, like a bunch of dudes running around smelling like curry. That shit doesn't phase me Speaking at all. Bad smelling things. Yeah. But there's things, there's things that are just, um, uh, uh, there's got to be things where you just can't succeed is what I'm saying. They're just like, Hey dude, it's just not for you. There's certainly that. And like Matt said, the, the market usually filters them out. Um, All right. What's more common is somebody will come to us and say, I, I just don't have the energy to fix this. And so um, what we would typically say to them is like, build, build the gym up so that you can sell it and actually get some kind of reward for your work. Like, oh, can, can you do this for three more months? And then they'll, okay, yeah, I can do it for three more months. I can build the gym into something valuable. And then the thing that makes the gym saleable is the thing that makes them want to keep it because three months later, they're like, oh, I'm not working 60 hours. I am working a little bit. And so those, but, you know, generally uh, I'll be honest with you, like people who are assholes don't want to work it with or, or the creepy guide let's just even go there yeah. just the creepy guy like you're just a creepy guy like somehow you got some something fucked up about you and uh no one's ever you you can't fix it and you're just a creepy and no one wants to bring their wives or daughters or their sisters there. <laughs> by the way the person i'm not talking about someone who has bad breath like you just smell their coffee breath on them i don't give a shit about that stuff i've transcended all that I don't care problem. about garlic breath i don't care about <laughs> onions problem. i'm talking about just someone who like they smell like a fucking raccoon died in their mouth You've obviously got somebody very specific in mind. Oh, if you meet once you meet one of those, you're you're screwed. Uh, Aaron Scheibel, before we get to Oakland, yeah, I, maybe I drank too much coffee. Someone Aaron Scheibel, five dollars. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Any advice how to start raising membership prices to start getting more in line yeah. with where we want to be uh, in Mil Wisconsin near Milwaukee? Yeah, so Aaron, there's a there's a process to this, and we've had to go through years of testing on this, but basically I'm going to lay it out for you, man. So first off, you want to figure out where you want to get to. Okay. And then, um, and you want to figure out the arm that you want to get to first, because raising your prices is hard. So you want to find the easier path first. So if it's just like, well, our membership price is too low, but we could also increase our arm first by adding some personal training, adding an on-ramp, having a nutrition option, go that route first. It's so much easier. When you've exhausted all the other options and raising your rates is the only avenue left to you, remember that you can only go up by 15% at a time max. And that includes removing discounts. That includes increasing rates. So there's usually some steps to this. The first step is like, you know, if you are going to go up by, let's say $10 a month and you work through the math with like an objective person, a mentor, uh, your accountant, whoever, you're going to go up by $10 a month. The first thing that you figure out is like, how many people could you afford to lose and still break even? So if you've got a hundred members, you're going to go up by 10 bucks a month. You go, okay, I can afford to lose 
you know, 10 people and I would still make the same amount of money. Then you print out your client list and you pull out your highlighter and you stroke like the, the here's the 10 people most likely to quit if I go up by $10 a month. By the way, if somebody's quitting your gym over $10 a month, at my stage, I'm I'm happy to say goodbye. But Get maybe the you fuck can't. out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But it's a good uh, reminder. But what, what? But what about this? Also, um, uh, this is this is a real thing. You could have people on the books. I know you guys are going to hate me for saying this, but you could have people on the books who don't realize on their books. And when yeah. you raise the price, they're not leaving because you raise the price. They just realize, hey, I don't really don't need this anymore. You're drawing attention to them. Yeah, and that comes down to your core values. Like some okay. people need to, need to keep those people, and I get it, but nobody wants to keep them forever and offer a okay. service that nobody's using, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like keeping you, a girlfriend around just for. Well, you know. Okay, go on. Uh, yeah. No, so, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you call those ten people, and you're like, "Here's the situation. Our rates, uh, our rates are going to standardize." January the 1st at this rate, you know, you've been enjoying the current rate since 1985. Hope that's been good to you. Do you have any objection to us, you know, bringing you to the average rate that everybody else is already paying? So the first step is equalization. Like you get rid of discounts, you get rid of the people who are underpaying and bring them up to the average. You get very few objections to that. And then from there, you know, um, a lot of gyms now even add in like a 3% increase every single year as part of their uh, gym agreement because like, look what's happening with inflation, right? We didn't even address that. All these other things are going up right now and the gym owners are usually not raising their prices. So their own income is shrinking by 5% as inflation happens. My kids went to a Montessori school for a little bit um, and it was built in every year. The, The monthly price went up by 3% which is pretty crazy too. If you think about it, because if your kid's going to go there for 12 years, um, I mean, the price is going to go up significantly. It was going to go from basically 2000 a month to 3000 a month, but, yeah. but yeah, I guess it's smart to have that built in. Do, did either of you have that built in that, that 3% increase a year in your gym memberships? No, I didn't. I wish I had, um, God, that sounds really smart. That might be two hours and 20 minutes. That might be the best advice we got so far. <laughs> We're That's just smart. getting going. It's yeah. It's easy. I mean, so, what happens though is the gym owner like assumes that they're giving the best service they possibly can on the day that they open, but they get better as a coach and they get better results and equipment and space and lights and they clean better 10 years in, they're still charging the same price, but the value is increased 82%, you know, yeah, that's the problem. What about, what about, what about when you raise your rates to paint the walls the same month? You know what I mean? Like, well, like, like do some sort of thing. No, I like, you never want to say, you never want to tie the rate increase to a specific outcome. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, we want to buy new bars. So we're increasing your rates. And then the members are like, these bars suck. Let's go back to the old rates. Right. Because then, uh, yeah, you're, you're running a democracy and that's just great point. Uh, I'm late. How does Sevy get people to stay on this long? Uh, ask your mom, uh, Riley S ouch. Sevon Chris has given great tips. I, I wasn't suggesting that he hasn't given great tips. I just, that 3% one is just really easy to, um, actionable. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. To, to put in and, and it's, and it makes a significant change. I, hey, you, I never would bury Chris. I love it's Chris. It's much better when you tell people just the way it is the second yeah. they sign up. That's one yeah. thing I know for sure. Oh, but yeah, hey, yeah. What, what you just said about, well, we're going to charge because these barbells are new. It's like, well, we hate these barbells. Let's go back. It's like, that's kind of an option that was there. It's like, we're going to get these new bars. They're going to be cool. It's like, well, they're not fucking cool. It's like, well, you knew they were coming in the case of the sign up 3% every year. They, it just It's better when they're just told. 
Yeah, that's something I know. Better. Uh, yeah. Ben Bergeron said he charges one dollar more every year. Ooh. You know what's interesting about that is the homes that I have for um, that I rent out. I even if I don't want to raise the uh, rent on them every year, I always do. So even to. if it's just even if it's just twenty or twenty five dollars a month, I just do it. Yeah, and and I I know that they're laughing at me, but it's okay because after four years, that'll be an extra hundred dollars a month. But I just want them to know that, like, hey, it's going up, it's going up. Ben just hopes no one notices that dollar. Uh, there. Do you have any opinions on this? Uh, charges one dollar more every year, Chris. Uh, yeah, not I mean, enough. If if that works, yeah, yeah I would honestly say that three percent is just kind of more in line with what the cost of living is for the coach. But yeah, a dollar is better than nothing, and I do nothing, so Ben's doing better than I am. Right there, you go, humble yeah. Chris. Whoa, 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 whoa! I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you're, Sorry, not let, you're, you're not going to let Chris play. be that humble. Just let that go. Next, yeah. next topic. Yeah. Okay. Next topic. So. <laughs> thanks. thanks. No, I, I respect. Yeah. I respect Ben a ton. Where's your notes? Yeah. Uh, okay. The, uh, the uh, let's go is, back. Let's go ahead, Chris. The, go the ahead. key is that my gym doesn't have to be the best one in two brain. In fact, if if it's working, every new generation should get better and better. And so, like my gym has a mentor to bring them back to the two brain average again. You know, because the average just keeps getting better. Uh, let's pull up the spreadsheet awesome. while we pull up the spreadsheet yeah. and talk about Oakland. I do want to say this. Do you think that somehow you might be a lazy gym owner manager because you have other businesses and other streams of revenue like Javier Jaime, right? So he yeah. has a real job. And so he's got this gym on the side. So maybe he's not even motivated to maximize its. It's uh, uh, he's, he's motivated to feed his family. He'll, he'll go into full-time gym ownership. I mean, that's the dream for everybody, but it takes people a different amount of time to bridge that gap, you know? Okay. Then let's say, let's talk about you specifically then. Do you think that there's things that you're just like, you let your clients and your coaches and people get away with because you have other revenue streams? Like you're, you're not maximizing your gym. Not maximizing the gym. No, I can only be CEO of one company at a time and two brain business. uh, You know, for three and a half years, it was a daily blog that made me no money. Now it's a massive worldwide company with like 70 staff and requires my best attention. Yeah. So in those three years you were doing that blog, that's a perfect example. Did you see it grow slowly or at any point where you like, oh shit, I have horrible breath and no one's coming to my blog? Yeah, no, I was writing myself the textbook that I needed and basically like number one encouragement, like Chris, just keep going. But a lot of it too was like, you learned this thing and you can't ever forget it. Um, So three and a half years, I did that. And then um, the CrossFit affiliate blog found it. And one day I had 100 readers and I thought I had won like the the reader lottery or something. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, people ask all the time about this show. The numbers on this show are so fucking tiny, but we're still in the 0.5% of biggest podcasts in the world. And it's crazy. I had actually a friend reach out to me yesterday and they're like, dude, how do you do it? And I said, our live shows used to only have 40 people. I remember when we broke a hundred, Susan and I open mouth kissed through our cameras uh, (laughs) after the podcast. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy, but as long as you keep growing, uh, the viewers, uh, you know, you kind of know you're doing something right. And and, yeah. you, and you have to keep kind of like taking some risks. Mm-hmm. And that's not your primary motivation. I mean, you're just, you're passionate about doing this in service of the CrossFit community. That was what my Facebook post this morning um, was just kind of a tribute to you and why you do this, Sevi. And that's, that's what fuels it, right? 
that's what fuels it. Right, right. So someone asked me the other day, they're like, dude, why do you care so much? And like, part of me is like, it's all I know. Um, it, but, but, but honestly, Chris, if no one watched, if, if I didn't see growth, if I didn't see myself making myself more vulnerable, if I didn't see myself getting better guests, if I didn't see growth, I would stop. Yeah. I, 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 um, th there's a certain plants that I love that I try planting in my backyard like six times and I'm, and I just can't do it anymore. Like I would have to like start putting in the winter, I'd have to start putting like sheets over there or something <laughs> to keep warm. I just don't want to do that. There's only so much I want to do to succeed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. You're right. There's no way I would have the energy for this if I didn't love it. But on the other hand, um, it's got to grow. Yeah. That's why I tolerate Hiller. That's right. He's he's my he's my mentor. He brings your audience. Yeah, well, he just tells me like things that I can can't know at fifty that he knows it. I taught 30. him how to use Canva. Yeah, thirty. <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. Uh, Oakland, yeah, California. I brought, up that I brought up that comment that was the forty-five thousand. I just oh yeah, please, yeah, go ahead. Yes, go. I ahead. just wanted to let them know that we're doing this monthly. So we're we're looking at labor here at thirteen thousand. That's monthly for Ohio. Yeah. So this cost right here would be something like what thirty eight hundred would be the the monthly number. And when you say labor costs, you also mean like a pain into social security, uh, uh, workman's comp, all yeah, that all stuff that, that those yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That shit's a nightmare in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, it, it, yeah. So that would also include maybe your cleaner too, right? Maybe not frontline like coach. Right. So. Okay. Uh, and, and so, so Seattle expensive city, uh, Ohio, uh, looks like half the cost. And, and just so you know that these numbers, um, uh, for Ohio aren't, uh, uh, correct, but the nut at the bottom, the total, the 21, is correct. And now yeah. we're going to go to Oakland, California. Now Oakland's a trippy city because it's some of the most expensive real estate on planet earth. And then also some of the uh, cheapest real estate on planet earth. Yep. It's, a, it's, it's a trip. I'm glad you said that because their um, recurring expense, so their rent and the heat and lights and stuff, is only fifty three hundred bucks a month. Wow! Yeah, wow. So they're, they're not, you know, Main Street, but uh, the, there's there's a giant CrossFit gym right on the Berkeley Oakland border. Uh, that it was Berkeley CrossFit. And hmm. it, I, I don't know when it closed its doors, but the building hasn't been re-rented out. And I bet you their rent there was 20000 a month. Probably. Yeah. I bet you it was something nuts. It's right It's right by the university. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, so let's figure out what – let's put in some numbers for their uh, rent. Um, uh, what do we think their rent is? Um, well, it's got to be lower than that. So we're going to say probably around uh, 3000 Okay. So – the grand total is fifty three hundred, but they also they bought some equipment worth twenty seven hundred. I don't think we want to count that. Okay, and what do you, what are their labor costs? Uh, staff pay was six thousand three hundred forty two dollars and fifteen cents. Okay, um, t t let's just put it all in rent for sake of ease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, what was the number again? Uh, Sorry, fifty three nineteen twenty seven. Fifty three nineteen twenty seven. No, no, not for labor. Sorry, sorry, Caleb, for rent. Fifty-three nineteen. Calm down. So this is just the monthly everything, and then labor is a separate number. Yep. So labor. Okay. So uh, we're putting into rent, utilities, licensing, marketing, everything into rent, with yeah. the exception of labor. Okay. Yeah. Fifty-three twenty. Do you want labor? Please. Sixty-three forty-two fifteen. Oakland, California. This is Oakland, yeah. 
Uh, basically, it's part of, for those of you who don't know, there's uh, San Francisco and Oakland and Berkeley are basically all the same city. They're just separated by bridges. There's a body of water in between them, and but it's it's the same. It's all it's um, it's there, I guess you could say they're suburbs of San Francisco, but now they're just big. It's all just one giant mesh. And then down below, we have San Jose, Silicon Valley. You know, all the Amazon, Facebook, Apple, but they're all around a bay of water. Uh, okay, and uh, so then, so that fifty three nineteen takes care of everything: taxes, subscriptions, advertising, insurance, merchant fees, the whole thing. Yep, and then the owner pays himself five thousand a month. Obviously, that's a salary. They work forty hours a week. They have one hundred and thirty members. It looks like they have four people who are getting a free membership, probably for coaching. Their ARM is one seventy four. So that means that their group price is probably down around 130. Hey, yeah. is that something you would fix right away when someone signs up with a uh, two brain? You look at their ARM and it's look- easier to fix ARM than anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't, we'd never raise rates right away. Like, because that can be catastrophic. Um, if, if they're not actually providing a good service, right? Like if you've got the guy with the bad breath and like you're paying him 150 a month, maybe you do think twice about the 160 a month, but um, yeah, ARM is really easy to fix. And then it's actually fairly easy to get new clients after that. Uh, how much money is he giving himself a month? 5,000? 5, 5,000 even, yeah. So that would take him to $16,661. Yeah, and he actually had a bit of money left over uh, so he spent half of it, like three grand on equipment, and he banked the other three grand for a rainy day. So his revenue was twenty two five. So he makes sixty thousand a year. Yep. Uh, which is uh, um, it's low for I Oakland. I mean, it, it, it's very low for Oakland. I mean, if, if he wants his own apartment, um, it's going to be at least three uh, thousand a month. He's yep. going to have to spend at least thirty six thousand dollars a month on an apartment. But knowing these numbers, there's a lot of opportunity. So first off, if he's already got 130 clients a month, if he can raise his ARM by five bucks, I mean, that's uh, whatever that is, works out to, right? Wow. Okay. So $650 right there, you know, a month in a profit month. a raise. Right. Yeah. So another seven, $8,000 a year right there. That's just a $5 ARM increase. You know, there's a ton of opportunity there because his expenses are so low. If his expenses were higher it wouldn't be an opportunity to be like desperation. He has to do this. Come on, so man. I, sell a couple of cans of fit aid. That's it. Yeah. Anything five, five bucks per month. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in, in, so basically just so you guys know what I did, one of the things I did is I took this, uh, $16,661. I divided it by, um, did you say 11, it had hundred? Did you say he had 130 members? Yeah. Yeah. I so I divided it by um 130 members and that's what I got. 100 uh, uh sorry, $130 a month and I got 128 members, which is basically what he has. Uh he has um 130 members. Another thing this guy could do is he could increase his membership by 20 and get to that threshold of 150 that um Two Brain likes sure. so much. Yeah. But then at that point his labor costs are also going to go up. Yeah, up to a point and like at at 150, you don't need a big space. Um, when you start climbing higher than that, your expenses really go up because you need more space, more equipment, more staff. So, so 
it's not a lot of money to pay a gym owner who's running a full-time gym with a ton of people to go in there and pay $150 a month for the baseline membership. That's nothing for coaching. I mean, it seems high compared to um, a, an access gym, but that's not your business. You're selling coaching. Like I pay my cycling coach 300 a month and my nutrition coach 300 a month. Oh, oh, you, oh, so you personally. personally. Yeah. And how many times, and how many times a week do you get to see your um, cycling coach in your, uh, I get a text from her, the nutrition coach on Sundays, and uh-huh. I get a video text lasting about 30 seconds from him on Mondays, the cycling coach, and then they do my programming for me. And that is tremendous value because I can wow. see my fitness improving. Yeah. God, that makes me so happy. So um, this I lady, it. I, I, I used the uh, backdoor entrance to the tennis club uh, several months ago. My wife and I walked in through the back door because through the front door, they have you have to fail. Every time I go there, I go to the tennis club four days a week with my kids. <laughs> And I'm not a member there. And every time you go there, you have to sign a release saying if you get COVID there, um, that they're not responsible. This has been going on for three years. I have to put my name, my phone number, the date, why I'm there. It's a fucking crazy form. So I just wow. sneak in the back gate. Fuck you. And this, and this lady this lady sees – and I throw my kid over the fence, right? My kid climbs over the fence to come in the back door. And this lady stops to us and says, um, uh, you're not a member here, are you? And I said, no, ma'am. She goes, I can tell. I'm like, but you know what I am? I spend $1,600 a month here in uh, tennis lessons for my kids, and I subsidize your $300 a month membership here. Yeah. You hoe. <laughs> I didn't call I her that. My mom, that. I didn't say that. My mom wouldn't have liked that. Oh, I she did it bad. But like, like, yeah, it, uh, private private instruction, uh, you know, the, the tennis guy is, is, is four, four days um, uh a month and that's 400 bucks. And then the jujitsu people are, um, I mean, this, this, the shit gets crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. If you, and private instruction is worth it. It's made a world of difference for my kids. I cannot, um, I, people all the time give me credit for all this great parenting. It's like, Hey dude, my kids see, I just find good coaches and I just kick back with my camera and make stuff for my Instagram. Cool. So <laughs> drive a van. I drive a Sienna. Uh, Chris, um, uh, number one, um, biggest, uh, uh, mistake gym, gym owner can make. Is there anything like, you're just like, yeah, I just see this over and over. Like, don't get the, the gym credit card or, um, th- th- uh, like, you, you know, like when you're on an assault bike and you want to quit and like, you have to hear, like, I have this rule here three times before you quit. Yeah. Like, uh, is there like, hey, before you buy something, make sure you hear the voice five of like avoid going to the rogue website five. Sorry, Bill. Avoid going to the rogue website more than uh, w- when you've been drinking more than two uh, Schlitz, you know, or Modelo's. Like, is there any? I'll, I'll tell you the number one thing they could do, because years ago on my, you know, two years into doing this daily blog, somebody commented like, these are cool stories of you screwing up and like you're always telling us what not to do. But what should we actually do? Which is a thousand times harder, right? And what every gym owner should be doing is the b- every day before they do anything else, do one thing to grow their business. Like before you coach a class, before you work out yourself, before you have breakfast, you sit down for 25 to 35 minutes and you do one thing to grow your business. It doesn't matter what that thing is. If you don't know, like I've got books and we'll send you all kinds of free stuff to help you, but um, you have to be focused on growing your business ahead of before you do anything else. Cause the rest of your day will just get filled mm-hmm. every day. Do one thing that pushes the growth of your business before you do anything else. Yep. 
If not, it just won't happen. So if you have a podcast, make one just sub clip. If you have a coffee company, reach out to just one more person to get your bags of coffee put in. Fantastic. If you're a gym member, call at least three old um, clients and ask them how they're doing. Exactly. And you got it. Okay. Nailed okay. it. All right. If you don't know what else to do, make media. Oh, that, that's kind of the default. Yeah. Uh, one day after adopting this rule for myself, I was like, what do I do? And um, I'm like, I'm just going to email a bunch of people in town. Who should I email? Other entrepreneurs. I made up a list on Yahoo. This would have been like 05. And uh, spammed like 35 people and got a new client worth 900 bucks a month. Like Awesome. And and then I was like, time to deadlift. But great, right? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 My my go-to if shit's hitting the fan is get Rich Froning on. Right. (laughs) I I, I wish I was I wish I was joking, but it's not, it's like it's like it's just crazy what it does for the podcast. You're in a slump, you're depressed, have rich on shit. Everything gets better. You have a great guest. You have fun. You got to meet rich and fucking money pours in. Yeah. Golden goose. If everything's going great and you got too many subscribers, you invite Chris Cooper on and tell him to bring a spreadsheet. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. I like that. And I just want to do bring up here. We talked about it earlier, but uh, just to plug this for everybody here, this is the summit that we're referring to, June third, June fourth, in Chicago. If you want to take, if you want to take your business uh, to the next level, in seriously, you should definitely uh, attend this. Why? What's going to be there? Hey, that's in your hood, Hiller. That's what I just said. Whoa, whoa, whoa! For I didn't know it was Chicago. Yeah. So twobrainsummit.com and. our CMO this morning said that it's 50% off for people who are watching this. You just type in Savon in the coupon code and you get your tickets. Dang. I love it. Oh, who's going to be there? Why would I go there? What, who, like other, other affiliate, other gym owners to like me. Like, yeah. About 600 with. other gym owners. Okay. Um, Kalipa is going to be there. He's going to speak. Uh, on, there's an owner stage and a coach's stage. He'll speak once on each stage. I'll speak on the owner stage. Um, and then he's going to lead some workouts in the morning. We usually bring in like speakers either from my mentoring team or in years past, we've brought in Jocko Willink, Seth Godin. Um, wow. Like, yeah, some really high level people. Um, and it's just every year we try to figure out what do gyms need the most right now and and provide that for them. So super, super high value weekend. It's right in Rosemont. So the food and the entertainment's incredible. And uh, yeah, we do it every year. Uh, uh, two things here. A uh, great way to increase uh, ARM, sell a group membership with a personal training yeah. add-on. Many members get incredible results uh, results with this uh, hybrid membership. Meaning, hey, if you're going to buy a monthly membership also for an extra $60 a month, you yeah. get two one-on-one classes. It's like some sort of deal. Yeah, that would be a tremendous deal. It's more likely an extra eighty dollars a month. You get one one-on-one session. Okay, sorry, my bad. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Dale, Dale King, if you can buy the commercial property where your gym is located, ten or fifteen later uh, yeah. years later, you have an asset. Oh, yeah, so we did that. That was the first building I bought. This was the second, um, and so that's like a great retirement fund for gym owners too. Dale's right on. Dale's two uh, for one- two so far. Wad Zombie, how much are you paying Kalipa to speak? He only cost $25 on Cameo. Uh, do you know what Cameo is, Chris? Yeah, uh, a hockey legend sent me a birthday greeting because of Cameo this year. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my goodness. More than that is the answer, but not as much as uh, Jocko. Jocko's like 70000 an hour. <sighs> okay. 
Uh, Mr. Cooper, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank absolutely, you guys. absolutely awesome having you on for super uh, valuable three hours. Yeah, you're you're amazing. Uh, anyone, uh, there's tons of uh, free uh, resources at Two Brain Business. It's how uh, Susie got uh, his shit together. Um, it is uh, too late for Hiller. He has already uh, <laughs> died. Um, but it's not too late for any of you guys. Uh, it, it's never too early. Also, um, you don't need to be a gym owner. You can be a person who's just wanting to think that they open a gym. Uh, you could be a current <laughs> gym owner, or you could be uh, someone who lost their gym and wants to get back in the game uh, with some better tips. Can I uh, go can ahead? I make one more plug to benefit Please. the CrossFit Foundation. Please. Please. So we're working on this deal, and um, I, I'm not sure I can announce the whole deal yet, but all yeah, you of can, our- you can, you can, I give you, <laughs> thank you. I need to clear this with the CrossFit foundation first, but, um, all of our book royalties past and present are now getting donated. And, um, our goal right now is to work out this deal with the CrossFit foundation so that they go there. We've always donated them, but now, um, there's this amazing package that's coming together to help kids in schools, um, do CrossFit. That's oh, wow. That's amazing. Oh, okay. Oh, let me ask you this. So you de-affiliated and now you've re-affiliated? Yeah. So my CrossFit Catalyst was an affiliate from 08 through 2021. There's uh-huh. my fax machine again. Yep. And um, when I got involved with some of the APN, uh, I mean, I was close to de-affiliating anyway, but when I got involved in some of the APN talks, I had this kind of bolt of insight that like, okay, you know, I'm really... I'm not willing to keep doing this for the benefit of Berkshire partners. And so when my L1 expired, I just didn't renew it. And so CrossFit Catalyst went with my L1. Um, But now we've just recently re-signed as CrossFit Brain again because somebody else, a new affiliate came in and scooped CrossFit Catalyst, which I think is the best affiliate name of all time. But I'm still super pumped that they got it because they're a two-brain gym. And and, and so let me ask, so are you, you, so you saw something that canceled out your thoughts about making, giving money to Berkshire. You saw something that made you want to be back part of the family. I, yeah, I mean, I've got, I have a relationship with HQ that not many people have. It's a decades long conversation about business. You were there. Thank you for most of it. And when I was sitting in Greg's kitchen, in 2018 or whatever, interviewing them, I said, why would I, why should somebody keep paying affiliation? And I wasn't even thinking of de-affiliating or anything. I just asked the question. And he said, because if I was using somebody, something that another person had invented, I would want to pay them for that. And I said, that's a good enough reason for me. Greg got paid by Berkshire. And so when we were approached to be in the APN, that conversation um, didn't, was discouraging. And so, uh, and I know, you know, Castro's talked to me about this too. He was also discouraged by the APN conversation. Um, I said at that time, like, this just doesn't seem to be going in the direction that I need to be going right now. And, you know, uh, my gym either, but again, like that's a very unique situation. And if I was any other affiliate, I wouldn't base the decision off what catalyst does. Okay. Uh, but but something has happened to where you have uh, reinvigorated. And by the way, we ask every gym, why are you affiliated? Oh, yeah. And I, and, and I think like um, I want to say 10 out of 10, but uh, or 20 out of 20, they all say basically because I'm using – they're not because 
it's it's not for a superficial reason. It's for this abstract ethical value reason. Like, hey, I'm a gym because yeah, uh, uh, because I I it, it, I have to pay it. I it, I would it wouldn't sit well with me to use the methodology and call it H I I T or or functional fitness because it's just not what it is. Yeah, but, but they're not saying it's because they get free cookies at Christmas time. There's no. no, you know what I mean. There's no superficial reason they're doing it. It's it's interesting. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of like a brand loyalty payment. It's it's really weird. It's a weird thing in the business world. Do you, I, I don't think the people at Berkshire know that. To be honest with you, I don't think they can get their heads wrapped around that. Yeah, I mean, this is not because it's not business. It's it's more like church. Yeah, that's right. Except you can go start your own church anytime and run it any way you want, as long as the Pope makes a couple of bucks, right? Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. This is a very long conversation, but um, the good news is that when Austin Maliolo told me that I couldn't have CrossFit Catalyst back. Um, Savon, you were actually part of this years ago when Greg was doing, um, CrossFit for brains, he and I made, uh, we had a long conversation. You were there. Uh, it was you, me and Jeff Kane, uh, who I know was like your best friend at the time. You guys were probably rooming together. (laughs) And, uh, we had this conversation in the, at the Hilton, uh, when the games were still in Aromas about it. And so we were going to be the affiliate of CrossFit brain and produce like a daily brain wad for kids and chess puzzles and stuff. And it was all tied into that, the chess oh. master out of New York city too, or St. Louis. That's right. Wow. You have a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I had a good memory cause it really pissed me off. But so we, we launched this thing, we produced the site and the brand and all this stuff. And we signed people up for the first CrossFit brain seminar. We were, in an airport on our way to teach it. And Kathy Glassman called me and said, we changed our mind. So I lost that. Affiliate. We would have never have done that to you, Chris. <laughs> they used to call that Tuesday, but anyway, um, anyway I, I got it that. Back. Explain that to me when he gets off there. Susan, I don't get that joke. <laughs> it happened a lot. Let's oh, yes. Yes. That's yes. Standard oh, operating yes. Procedure. You didn't get yes. that. Are you kidding? Standard no, I didn't operating. get that, but you're not you new here. Yeah, but you're not lying, Chris. You're not lying. But but the beautiful and it you know it was never Greg that did it. Uh, but anyway, the beautiful part is that it I was his company. That. I love Greg. Don't get me wrong, but it still yeah. was his company. He still is at the end of the day. The buck stopped with him. There there were many 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 instances of, Coop man, just dying to catch up, man. How's the family? And then you'd get on the call, and thirty seconds in, it would be like, "Stop doing this! Stop saying this!" Like it was an ambush every time. And so, even when I met Rosa, I had like, you know, severe PTSD caution about yeah. it. Yeah. Um. But but Don probably good. Like yeah, Don is not like that. So. All right, buddy. I love it. Very yeah, positive. Thanks, very positive show. Not like our regular shows. Great job. <laughs> That was my goal. Thank you, guys. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Very yeah. honored to be here. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Look forward to the next time you come on, dude. Great. Thank you. Bye. Oh, he's gone. I bet he had to pee. I'm going to bet a thousand bucks he had to pee. Who wants to take me up on it? There's oh, no I way, anyway. You don't pay me enough. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or he either had to pee or he went to go pick up his kids. The latter. Good he seemed to rush out. Yeah, we we it would. Seemed, it some, seemed like you kicked him out. I well, eventually I did. We we, man, we did some crazy shit to people. Hmm? Oh, you're talking about the HQ shit. Yeah, you would see us do that shit to people all the time. Why is hey, that? Hey, I I what? Why is that? 
I don't know, but 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 I like it didn't have I, to I be dysfunctional. The, I'd made the 2009 CrossFit Games documentary, and it was supposed to be a DVD that was released, and I was supposed to get a cut of the proceeds, right? Because I'd been working free in 2007, and that's the way we did it in 2008 with every second counts. And after f- finishing the entire doc, they decided, no, we're not going to do that. After working on it for 16 hours a day for five, I mean that should happen to everyone, not just. Uh, it was crazy. There was a crazy email exchange between me, Dave, Greg, Lauren, Tony. I think Mike Workington was on it. There were some all sorts of tribute people on the email. It was a crazy battle over that. There were some na- nasty things said. Just and then we a, all were friends like, again. Like, like what? Like what? I can't even tell you. It was hey, so. It's so bad. It's just so a, bad. Like just like a, like like schoolyard fighting shit. Like your mama, you know? Like you're yeah, kidding, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Susa. How often do you guys meet? Like Who? everybody together in the same room at HQ? Yeah, just in general, like the people that worked for you, the people that you worked for, the executive team, the media team. Like, how often was there meetings? Like the entire company? I'm not sure. I understand not the like, question. Not like in all hands, but how often did you go into a room and sit down with your coworkers and meet Caleb? You got to move that mic a little further away. All I could do is hear you breathe. Sorry. <laughs> uh, how how often did you guys meet? Like how often did you hold meetings? How often did the executives meet? Once, once a week? Oh, uh, a week, once a quarter? I don't even know. I don't even know. No, no, uh, I don't even know. See, that's that to me would, would be the, the issue. I don't know. I, I, part of me wants to be like every week and then, I, but I'm afraid someone might be like, no, you only met once a month or you only met once a year. I don't know. We did a lot of stuff together. Yeah. But I mean, bad. I was always with Greg. At, 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 once we went over a certain point, like 2010, I was always with Greg. So for me, it was like, it, it was every day. Yeah. But I was and, just referring and, to the organization, sitting down, huddling up, making sure all rowers are rowing in the same direction, making sure that there's an established culture, a way you guys interact, a standard was, that you're holding, values that you're holding, how you approach other people, relationships, like those type of meetings. Uh. That every single meeting we had was basically one thing. It was great for no matter who it was with. It was Greg just telling you the vision of the company. Mm-hmm. That's and, well, that's his job, right? That was, his yeah. Job. And yeah. it was nonstop him telling you the vision, non fucking stop for anyone. Like he would just walk through the hallway and stop and talk to someone and tell them, you know, that's all he, I mean, it's all he did for 10 years. Tell you the vision of the company. Yeah. And years. for the gym owners that are still listening, I think it's also important that you guys adopt that role too and always talk about where your affiliate's going, what the next thing you're going to be doing, what the vision of your gym is and stuff like that, because that definitely creates a lot of energy and forward momentum. And people like to be a part of a cause and serve something bigger than them. So as Greg went around and he was, you know, going over that vision, going over that vision, what he was also doing is kind of laying the path forward for people to be really feel attached to that that purpose of that vision and what, why we got all disciples that worked at HQ, like everybody, which is, and then after a certain point, people wanted some other shit too, that kind of falls in that category, but that necessarily wasn't done. So people would be like, after working there three years, they'd be like, so what does my path look like to grow in the company? You know what I mean? They wanted to know. And that wasn't something we did. Right. It was, it was, that wasn't something we did. Yeah. And that, that also wasn't, that wasn't laid out. It was just vision, 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 vision. It wasn't. It didn't fall into it. There was zero corporate shit, zero, and, and, and to a point, almost made us dysfunctional. Yeah, exactly. Because you need a certain amount of that organization um, to keep everybody on the same sheet of music and to keep rowing in the same direction. That was great having Chris on. So good. All the I information. Like I mean, I knew I did. Yeah. What'd you say, Hiller? 
I've always known I've liked him. I've listened to him talk a handful of times. I have a I have a former coach who opened an affiliate in Michigan almost exclusively using the Two Brain Business website. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I did. A lot of pe- a couple people were asking if I had used his uh service and not directly. I never I mean at that time I couldn't even afford to pay attention, let alone pay anybody else, right? So I was just gathering all the free information I possibly can off of uh his website. I bought all the books. A lot of material in the books would reference other books or reference stuff that he got it from. Like he named Seth Godin, who's like the marketing guru. So then I'd go buy that book. And then so you start to just follow the path of of education by using his books to start and then to continue to further down that that road. Did we hear from um did we hear from uh Darian? Not on the evening portion of that yet. Uh, I want to tell you guys some things that we have coming up. Um, tomorrow morning, we have Raw of Earth uh, coming on. Uh, be a pretty free-flowing conversation, also known as Ronnie Teasdale. Then tomorrow evening, I'm hoping to do a show with uh, Darian Weeks about the UFC on a uh, big, 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 big UFC fight on Saturday, Alexander Volkanovsky. And then also a guest of the show will be fighting for the interim title, Josh Emmett, which is pretty cool. So, Raw isn't until Friday. It, tomorrow's not Friday? Tomorrow's Thursday. Thursday. Oh, well, shit. What's Paul, tomorrow then? Paul Cole is tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Paul Cole. God, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, I'm sorry, Paul. That works, right? That works. Sorry, Paul Cole. Oh, tomorrow we have the greatest white squash player alive today. I don't know if, I, I don't know if he's white. <laughs> New, Ze- are New Zealand people white? I don't know what they are over there. But anyway, uh, that'll be cool to have him on. Uh, I, I also believe he uh, he might be a CrossFitter. I didn't know that at the time I invited him. Oh, really? That'll be cool. Yeah. Um, and then on Friday, we have uh, Raw on. And then on Saturday, we're doing – thank you, Caleb. Uh, then on uh, Saturday, it looks like we have um, uh, affiliate series in the morning. Yep. Kristen and Leon. Oh, two, two affiliate owners, husband and uh, wife. Uh, husband and wife, correct. Nice. That's cool. And she works in healthcare too. This will be a good one. This is the one that I sent to you a while back and we're like, yeah, let's get her. Uh, Sunday we have on, thank you, uh, Susa. Uh, Sunday we have uh, Craig Harrison on at 7 a.m. You have to read that book. Download that audio book right now. Is Dave happening tomorrow? Maybe. That's a good question. I'll call him right after. <laughs> to be determined. But you guys got to realize that Dave, Dave's doing a lot. He's traveling a lot. So we're kind of always evolving with his uh, schedule. It's, all these shows that we talked well, about. Well, that's mostly happy. been my fault. I think that's mostly been my fault, the Dave thing. Oh, we just haven't pinned him down? This time, yeah. Because, oh. yeah, this one's... Because I was hey, trying Trish. to set up that studio back there and get the cameras and... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Craig Harrison, I think the name of the book is The Longest Shot. Longest Kill. Lo- the Longest Kill. Craig Harrison. Get that audiobook and start listening to it. You're going to want to have heard some of that when this guest comes on. This is going to be a once. This is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to kind of interact and meet a guy like this. This is not. Uh, I don't want to rip on other like army guys in our world, but this this what this guy has done is not. The number of people he's he has uh, extinguished their life is uh, he that no one knows, and if you read the book, you will be um, you will tri- you're going to trip. Then on Monday we have the top 100 men. 
uh, in CrossFit with Brian Friend on Monday. And it looks like we're good. Is, is the open coming? Well, so that first one on the 14th you're referring to, what is happening right now? The first one on the 14th that you're referring to, and I think you guys are going to really like this. We're going to have an open series where we'll basically troll the leaderboard, talk about what's happening with Brian Friend and uh, J.R. Howell. Um, and that'll start on the 14th where um, they'll just kind of go over some predictions. Is there going to be some themes? What's the open going to look like um, with uh, Bosman in charge of it? And how will that be? You know, What's the first day of the open? Advanced? The 16th. It'll be Thursday, okay. the 16th. Grace's birthday. So that's uh, 135 plus 100 pounds? That's um, 235 right there. Wow. Yeah. 235. Like it's nothing. Easy. <laughs> uh, Eric Weiss, three hours into the audiobook. Dude had a crazy upbringing. Hey, are you glad? Are you glad you're listening to it? I thought the reading of it was brilliant too. I was What's so bummed on? when it was over. Pardon me? What's the book on? This guy's uh, just story from becoming just a kid in a fucked up abusive household to uh, becoming, I don't know. A I don't know how, sniper. I, I don't know how, yeah, a total badass sniper. But even before he was a badass sniper, he had like, some crazy jobs in the military. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, there it is. The longest kill. He was on a boxing team. He just fought people. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a he went he was a collector. He went to the French Foreign Legion. Uh, he talks about just being. He led his I don't know what you call it a platoon, but he was in charge of a lot of dudes. And uh, basically, he would just sit there with that gun and, and and dig a hole and put his dick in the dirt and pee and shit right there, and sit there and just kill people for forty eight hours straight. Cool. Sleep sleep and kill. And it is, yeah, the narrator is awesome, right? I mean, you could just listen. It's it's so incredible. I'm a badass super secret sniper. You drunk. Trish, go pick up a Bella bar. I meant to answer that earlier. She wanted to know which barbell to get off the rogue website. They'll last 10 years. And then <laughs> so they'll last forever. Uh, I dig a hole... And do that, and everyone is worried he doesn't. He's a hero. I don't even know if he, this guy's a hero. I mean, I don't know what you call him. But he's an amazing human being. The fact that he's alive and we can hear his story is amazing. The way people have treated him since he's come back from the war is absolutely disgusting. All right. Three-hour mark. Yeah, that's nice. This uh, is Andrew the Hiller. third day in a row of these. You've been doing three hours. I don't even mm-hmm. have to pee that bad. You think we can do like a 24-hour one anytime soon? Wow. Well, I know that we've kicked the idea around of doing a 12-hour one. I know that that's where the stream shuts off, so it'd have to be two separate ones. Yeah, he's good at it. That guy is good at his job. Whatever whatever he's do, whatever his job is, that guy, Craig Harrison's like the best in the world at it. We'll ask him what his job is. Um, uh, I got a 24 hour show would be nuts. Can you do that with StreamYard and YouTube? Do they have any time it's limit? A 12 hour limit. So you'd have to do two separate. Oh, I, you just said that. Sorry. I got an even better idea. What if we took that same 24 hours, we went on here, not live, and then we just cut clips? There you go. There's an 
better time, better time allegation for so so much more boring. (laughs) Just just sitting here staring at each other for twenty four hours. We'd we'd find out stuff to do. We would just I don't know. We'd watch the Lord of the Rings extended trilogy. Oh, we could watch Morning Chalk up and in real time continue to deteriorate. I see this thing from Presley. uh, Did she just leave too? Oh, she's with HWPO now. She just (laughs) she just announced it. Yeah, someone just sent that to me. So Presley's out too. Wait, the morning chalk up, the redheaded morning chalk up girl? Yep. I, I mean, I called it because, I mean, her and Lauren and Katie Gannon, like that, that was the team. That was what was holding it together after like the Brian and Patrick Clark exodus and stuff like that. And once I saw that Lauren was, was leaving with them, you, it was only a matter of time before the rest of that team folds. And, Is uh, she doing media for them? She's part of their media team? I would assume she's probably media teacher, probably do some writing. She might be doing some social media management. Um, I mean, she also does a pod like all three of those girls are are really talented, so they could wear multiple hats within some sort of media thing like that. So who knows what roles we'll see them in? I'm sure they're gonna do fantastic in any role that they get placed in. But hey, Hiller, I was know. at Yo. this I was at this party in college and <laughs> I um <laughs> It was it was a crazy like ecstasy party and I wasn't on ecstasy and but everyone else there was high as fuck and, and I and I was walking by I was just walking by in the street and I saw the party going on in this house and I saw this girl that I really really liked that I saw around campus all the time and so I walk in the house and I start talking to her and she's like just being crazy affectionate to, with me physically affectionate. And she's like, hey, do you want to walk with me back to my house? And I'm like, sure. And she's like, hey, do you want to come inside? And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I really like you and I don't want to just come in and just bang you. Like, I, I really could I get your phone number and like or could we just keep walking or hang out? And she's like, OK, here's my phone number. And yeah, let's hang out sometime. And I said, OK. And then she's like, all right, good night. And she went inside. Okay. Dumbest fucking thing I ever did. Because so when I hear Sousa, when I hear Sousa say, when I, that bitch fucking ignored me for the next three years and I was fucking like heartbroken over it. When, when, uh, when I, when I hear Sousa say, let's make clips instead of, uh, do the 12 hour show. That's what I hear. I hear like Sousa's like, let's not fuck this girl tonight. Let's, let's make clips back. live. Yeah. Let's just like yeah. go and make clips live. Yeah. Like, we'll is gonna make it so we don't like fucking get to see the titties of the hottest chick we've ever, the, like some chick we're in love with. It's gonna like. No, I'm just. I got a, I, I got one of those in my memory. Too. I didn't yeah. freeze up. I didn't freeze up. I really wanted to have a relationship with this girl, and I fucking like. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I did like I like I watched too much Cosby Show or something. Like I forget. Like that shit's not real life. Yeah, I didn't even um. Get I don't know if it was a good metaphor. I just you wanted to tell the story. Oh, okay. I was I was trying to like figure out how that applied, but it just it just sounds fun to just do a show for 24 hours with uh, you and Hiller and Caleb. And like, and line up like thirty <laughs> guests to come yeah, on. Just have them parade in, and yeah, Savannathon. Yes, holy hell, that's genius. And we would just need to start promoting it. So, which you know, you guys have to post your Instagram a little bit, and it would be a twenty-seven hour show. Not bad. I'll take it. I'll take it, dude. I love it. Bruce is in. I'm down. Uh, hey, what if we had? What if we did a show with? Um, well, Presley can't come now because uh, she's HWPO and they're scared to come on the show. <laughs> but but what if? Um, what if we did a show with Lauren and Brian and Patrick and just talked about the exit? Uh, we call it the Exodus of um, the morning, morning chalk up. up. And Bruce, the thumbnail could be the Ark. 
and it could be me standing with a staff and, and it shows like uh uh <laughs> Brian everybody and, getting on the boat. <laughs> I'm like Noah and, and it shows them like walking onto the boat during the flood, leaving the morning jaga. What do you think? Oh shit, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning. Hours until your face rots off. Uh, you could have Emily back on. Sure, yeah, I could have. I could have Emily back on. Okay. Um, I'll see you guys uh, soon. Caleb, is there anything you want to say? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.